Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And tonight we got a great show with our guest, Christine Timmons. Uh, we'll hear about uh, her discussing our topic tonight of immigration outrage, Islam as political party, and discussion of Trump's a Supreme Court of the United States pick. And so let's go ahead and welcome our guests for tonight. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Christine, for coming to the show. How are you today? Well, Bob, I just feel so happy about being able to be back on your show tonight. I'm sitting here live in Fort Lauderdale on the corner of Broward Boulevard in U.S. 1. Extremely happy watching of the immigrant worker you know, going about their duties, not realizing where they are actually situated right now, now that Mr. Trump has made the voice of the America known as how we feel about how we're going to proceed with this infant child, this infant uh, uh, immigration reform. Well, I tell you what, I mean, Trump's definitely done a lot of things <laughs> since he's been in office. You know, we're already, already stirring the pot and uh, ticking off a lot of liberals. Until last week, we were talking about liberal hysteria, is what we were talking about uh, last week. Uh, and for those uh, who haven't heard that, uh, you can go to our podcast here on Long Talk Radio, uh, which you can follow the show by pushing the little follow button there. Uh, to get some emails, uh, updates on what's going to be on the show. So that's something uh, that will be available for you, as well as you can uh, get the show live on iTunes, uh, where you can download to your mobile device the uh, pod shows for free, this show and, of course, uh, the subsequent shows. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and he just did that, you know, that executive order uh, with the ban that stopped, you know, some folks coming in. And, you know, it's just, it's just incredible what the you know what the liberal left is doing, uh, and give me, give me about just three minutes. propagating their lies. Give me about three minutes here, and maybe we may be able to get to some of the bottom of this. First of all, sure, Mr. go ahead, Trump, got it. As it stands right now, believe it or not, out of all these voices, his voice is the only one that's absolutely correct insofar as the Constitution goes. Here is the problem for the liberals. They refuse to read the Constitution and respect it as it is written. The Constitution was written to protect American citizens. 
is I'd like for people to write this down very briefly, quickly. Write down Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 1. It is only about 10 words. What it does, it sets forth constitutional birthright lineage. It tells you clearly that all persons born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens. That is the jurisdiction clause for us people who are United States citizens. We have constitutional birthright lineage. We were born into the actual Constitution itself. We didn't walk across the border to claim it. We are really it. And this is where we're standing right now that people don't want to understand that we are the ones who are protected. And under that clause, the United States of America has absolutely no authority to do anything for anyone else in the world except those who have constitutional birthright lineage. You are under the jurisdiction of the United States. Now, those of you who just got here after 1965 under the new laws that were made in contempt of the Constitution, they fall under Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 3 is very clear. It says no state shall deny to any person in its jurisdiction equal protection of the laws, all immigrants, and due process. So since they were not born here, they were not constitutionally naturalized here, they are under state jurisdiction, and therefore, technically, they're not even a part of the United States. See, here's what they're screaming, all these screams. They think they're in the United States. They're not in the United States. They're not really even in a state. In order for them to achieve what they want to achieve, they got to make the state do Amendment 14 and open up the state immigration office so that they can register. You don't just walk up on these shores and say that you are in America. I know that's what they've been doing, but that's in contempt of the Constitution that was done by the Immigration Act of 1965, which, by the way, under the Constitution, Mr. Trump has got to write an executive order. He's got to notify that whole thing. That whole thing has got to be repealed. Those people have got to know that if they want to achieve whatever this is they got, they got to start all over again. They are not a part of the United States. All federal entitlements have to be stopped. Everything. We have to start this thing all over again from the very beginning in order to honor the U.S. Constitution that gives us the constitutional 
birthright lineage. No one else has it. So there's not much more you can say. It's a very, very simple thing. There's not very many words. You got ten words in the U.S. Put the U.S. as in charge of citizen only. That's about ten words. When you drop down to the bottom, it's about twenty words. The states are in charge. All these people that you see screaming and yelling about the United States, it's not our business. Mr. Trump is going to find it out. I cannot wait until he sits down and tells them, people, you are not under the banner of the United States. Yeah, I know you walked into on this land, but that's not the United States. That's just the land. You have no entitlement. We have to cut off their Social Security. we got to invalidate the baby's birth certificate. All of these things have got to be wiped out in order for us to get this country back to normal so that they will be registered with the state that they're in. It takes about nine years, like he told you guys, to get a real constitutional naturalized. they got to start all over again. They can't just walk up in this country under these, these contempt of the Constitution laws. See, those contempt of the Constitution laws, they were done to flood the country with Thousands of Democrat voters, they did that 50, 60 years ago, and that's how they passed the books with Latinos, Hispanics, Haitians, and Jamaicans to, to rush the Democrats in. But you see, this has got to be the last year that they can do that. Under the plan of the United States Constitution, This technically the Democrat Party is supposed to end this year because Mr. Trump is supposed to repeal everything that's not in that Constitution, and that goes for the Immigration Act of 65. Obama already did the Wet Foot Dry Foot Act. See, the Wet Foot Dry Foot, that was the precursor to the Immigration Act of 65 to see if they were going to be able to get away with it. Yeah, they got away with it for 52 years, but the, but everything has a stopping point. Everything has a stopping point. This is it. This is it. They have got to be told that they are not a part of the United States. They've got to be told. They've got to be told. When they have their children, their children are not a part of the United States because they don't have constitutional birthright lineage. Their children are the same thing that they are. And I know Mr. Trump was uh, perplexed about that, and so that's why I've done quite a bit of uh, of drafting. I've sent him quite a bit of proof on that. But right now, the only thing he needs to do now, he got to follow Amendment 14, Section 3. And that one does not allow a U.S. president to preside over anything that's not in that Constitution. So I know they're going to be mad. Whenever he figures out how to do that, they're going to be very upset when they find out that they're not really even in the Constitution, when they find out it's not going to be anywhere free cell phones, no more food stamps, no more welfare. All those things are supposed to be provided by Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 3, the state that they're in. That's when, once we can get this stuff in their head, then we'll start to getting America back to law and order. You see what I'm saying? That's the only thing that's going to bring law and order is Amendment 14, the one that sets us aside as constitutional, having constitutional birth by lineage, and the one that sets them as having their whatever they have belongs to the state. 
not the United States. Once we get that straight, then we may be able to make it through this thing without having a, a World War III. So I hope that wasn't really very difficult for people to understand because it's just a bunch of little elementary school words that sets us out as the leaders. We're, we're the leaders. We have constitutional birthright lineage. In fact, we need to start making sure that everybody in America, if your heritage is before 1965, you have, you have constitutional birthright lineage. The United States has to do everything for you. If you do not, if you are not a member of our group, you belong to the state that you're in, and you need to register with that state. See, right now, they don't really belong anywhere. They're sort of like in purgatory because they haven't registered with the state. They can't register with the United States. The registration that they have is in contempt of the Constitution. So, you know, everything that they're doing is all wrong. Technically, they're all criminals. Technically, I know what they're saying, and I understand the laws that allow them to do that. But as I said, those laws are in contempt of the Constitution. And from where I'm sitting now, we may be looking at seeing a lot of the agencies. See, there were a lot of agencies that caused these people to get this contempt, this, this contempt of the Constitution citizenship going on, and that includes some of the federal judges. So we have to, we, we may have to, to go in and do a lot of, of, of law and order fixing here in order to get back the real law and order of the United States of America. The law and order of the United States of America does not allow people to walk into this country and say, well, I'm an American. No, no. First, you've got to say, I live in a state first. If you don't do it that way, you have broken the constitutional chain to become a truly naturalized, constitutionally naturalized citizen. If you don't go through Amendment 14's due process, then you can't get citizenship. Oh, you can get it under the contempt that they did it with the Immigration Act of 65, but that's not real citizenship. That's not it. That's going to always be challenged, like what, the, what we're doing now. We're challenging everything that's been done in the last 52 years. That's what we're doing. And we have every right to challenge what they're telling us that these people are citizens. We got every right to challenge it because they under the Constitution they are not because they broke the chain of command. They truncated their right to become like we are eventually. It takes a long time to be like we are because they got to go back and be constitutionally naturalized. So they, they truncated that right when they did not. Register with that state. Once you get that registration with that state, the Trump then the state is, <laughs> What? What? You know, that's a computer terminology. Stop. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. I'm just they, being funny. Truncated. <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, they they're going to have to learn, and and I feel sorry for them. When when Mr. Trump find, he's going to find out eventually. I mean, it takes time. He's going to find out eventually that he really has to repeal the Immigration Act of 65. He has to. There's, there's no other way because it's out of order. It's not law and order. Law and order is Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 1. We the law, 
We are the constitutional, we have constitutional birthright lineage. They don't have it. They got to go through the state. They don't, as I'm telling you, they're in limbo. They don't have a state either. They haven't registered with anybody. They've been receiving federal benefits in, in what is known as felony tax fraud. The federal government can't give them any money. The Constitution doesn't authorize it. It's sitting right there in Article 1, Section 1. It says the United States should have the power to levy taxes for the welfare of America. Amendment 14, Section 1, say you've got to be a constitutional, you've got to have constitutional birthright lineage of citizen before the United States can help you. It's, it's as simple as that. Before you can be helped by do the you United think, States. Well, and the, and, and do you think Trump's going to do anything about, uh, and this is kind of something you know I really would really like to see, do uh, you think he's going to do th- anything about the uh, about the anchor baby the situation? Hey, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Amendment 14 takes care of it. Well, well I know I, I understand, but, I mean, that's what they call them. I mean, is, is he going to do anything to address, you know, people well, coming from foreign you know, countries already pregnant so that they can have their kid, you know, they can, you know, have their kid born here to be an automatically a citizen. So people are like, oh, well, we, we, we can't support these people, their kids here. Think Trump will do anything about that? Amendment 14 stops that. First of all, here's but you think Trump will enforce it. That is not his visit. First, let me tell you how this works. Go ahead. If you, baby, tell, you, you, yeah, tell us how it works. Well, I'm going to do some, uh, some call screening here. Go ahead. Listen, one parent has got to be a citizen in order for the baby to collect money from the United States. I just got through telling you, the baby does not have constitutional birthright lineage. The baby's lineage is from another country. So the baby has to go on the state welfare road, not the United States. If the baby daddy is the citizen, the baby daddy gets the check. The United States is not allowed to give her any money. This is a part of that contempt of the Constitution that the Immigration Act of 65 set up. you got to understand what it's all about. That system is a part of the Democrat feed and breed Democrat voter campaign. Well, that is all over. That is all over. Every check, the everything, food stamps, Telephones to non-citizens has to be stopped. I don't care whether you're an anchor baby, whoever you are. If you do not have constitutional birthright lineage, the United States can't give you any money. You're under Amendment 14. Now, if your state want to recognize your baby, that's a water. The baby is a ward of the state, not the United States. The baby has absolutely nothing to do with the United States except for the contempt of the Constitution of the Immigration Act of 65 that set up that program. That program has got to be abolished, period. And we're we're definitely going to continue on with that, but we do got a call here, David, so let's get uh, David in here. Thank you very much, David, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
Hey, I'm doing great. And, uh, ma'am, thank you so much. You're very knowledgeable. And it's wonderful to hear at least one person in this world who can actually read and understand and communicate the Constitution. You are totally correct. And why is everyone so – we just won a monumental election. The majority is with, is with us. Why are we afraid to follow the law and to communicate to those who don't understand the law? And basically, mm-hmm. let's, let's follow the money to ask why is the law being broken? <clears throat> and you just said – I think you said breathe and, and breathe. Basically, 1965, Ted Kennedy and, uh, and LBJ, the Democrats and everybody, they just said, look, uh, you know, we, just, we need voters. And we're going to create voters, and we're going to bring in people that vote our way, and we're going to keep out people who don't vote our way. And that is what they have absolutely been doing. Uh, why, why are we – so in other words, as much as they have cheated and taken advantage of the system, they still were totally emphatically destroyed in these elections. and. Well, Mm-hmm. And and the last thing I want to say is I truly believe the Democrat Party will not ever win another presidential election in their current form. If they ever win again, they will have to change into something else, but they have been stopped. And now it's the opportunity to to redefine or remind everybody what the Constitution is, stop this. Change it, and uh, the, they had the, the terrorist kid that uh, I think nice people up in Minnesota. They determined he had voted in the last three elections, not even being a citizen. Obviously, for the Democrats, that is the opportunity. Finally, we have to clean up the selection process. But man, thank you for being on tonight, and you are very knowledgeable, and I appreciate your insight. Thank you very much. I appreciate you understanding what. I'm saying here, and I can tell you are a, you have constitutional birthright lineage in the United States. They don't. We have got to define who we are as being separate from them. Now, they're telling us here where I live in Florida that Mr. Trump will never be able to find out how many of them are working, how many of us are working. Well, that's not true because, like you were just were saying about the anchor baby, we have to stop Everything that goes to them, we have got to take their Social Security number. See, the Constitution does not allow them to have a Social Security number. They're supposed to be under Amendment 14, Section 3. They're supposed to have a state work visa number, and that state work visa number is supposed to be transferred to the naturalized division, and they get a a U.S. duty number, and it's non-refundable. That's how we separate them. So if we got a state with 8 million workers and 60% of them got a work duty number, then the United States can say, well, you got to flip that over. It's got to be 60% with a Social Security number. These are the things that we, that I'm working on right now behind the scenes trying to help Mr. Trump, you know, to, to get this thing back to law and order. So I understand what you're saying about the anchor babies, but that's over. The anchor baby stuff is over. The minute he finds out that he's got to repeal the Immigration Act of 65, that takes everything away. That sends all of them back to the state. Each state 
is required to reopen all of their state immigration offices. Each state, under the Constitution, must give them some sort of due process where they register with their state. They must be sworn in as a legal resident of that state. They cannot go to any other state unless they are sworn in each everywhere they go. Back in the day, you had to be sworn in. You didn't just walk in and start taking over and keeping jobs and making people speak your language. So this is we're getting back there slowly. The minute we get the state immigration office open, that's when we'll start seeing some law and order. The minute they find out there's no more free cell phones, no anchor babies. In fact, to buy it back in the old days, if you tried that, you could actually get arrested. It was called a violation of the Man Act, crossing a border in order to use a child in the commission of a crime. There's all kinds of things that we can do, but I don't think we're going to have to go there. I think just the repealing of the Immigration Act of 65, I know they're going to claim. They're going to have to find out they never have been citizens. They actually think they're citizens. They're not. You can't just declare citizenship by contempt of the Constitution. If the Constitution says you must register, you must go under state due process, then if you don't go under state due process, I don't care how many Democrats write up a bunch of laws so you can get voted in, it still doesn't mean that your citizenship is constitutional. And this is what Mr. Trump is trying to get to now. These people, like he said when he first came up, he said, who are these people? Where did they come from? They're not even citizens. They don't mean anything to the United States of America. I know we all still screaming and yelling about the USA and the USA accept immigrants, but that's not true. It's the state, the one. It, it says it clearly, Article 1, Section 9, it says migration and importation of persons is for the state. And then when you go get to Amendment 14, it clearly defines it as a state power to bring as many immigrants as you want, but you have to be careful doing it. Because when you follow Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2 and 3, it gives the United States the power to control how many immigrants you bring. And then Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3 says you have to pay the United States a duty or a tax for every one of them that you bring. This is not as easy as you think it is. You know what I'm saying? This is not easy. It's just that these people, it's been made to be so easy by contempt of the Constitution. You just don't do it. But now we're in the time now where we are sick and tired of people holding our Constitution in contempt and just doing it their way and just says, well, I, I, we're just going to do it this way. We are, we've had it with that. We've had it. I know I've certainly had it with contempt of my Constitution because I feel like this about it. Every American citizen who has constitutional birthright lineage, our parents fought and died to build this, and now they're coming here and telling us, oh, this is just some free stuff we got. Well, I, I feel very offended. I feel very offended by that concept that, oh, yeah, we can just walk in now and just take over. They've already built it. So they need to understand. They need to understand that they are not a part of the United States government. They think so, 
Well, I don't think they. I, I don't think they care. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they care. No, no, no. It's, that's that's not the issue. They actually think that they actually think that they're part of the government. They think because they walked on the shore, they think they're in America. They don't realize they're not in America. They're not even in the state. They haven't even registered with the state. They're in. They're in some sort of a purgatory limbo. And when when Mr. Trump comes out with all this stuff. They're going to be, you talk, You think they're screaming. They're going to be really screaming when, when they find out that they're not really in America. They think they're, they think they're a part of American government just because the Democrats, you know, pulled that contempt of the Constitution with the Immigration Act of 65. Their children, we got to invalidate the birth certificates too. All this stuff is wrong. Everything that they're doing is all wrong, and they are going to be very, very... And, and, and Chris, have, have you heard any? I mean, you talk, you talk about the appealing uh, that act of 1965. Uh, do you uh, do you think they'll be doing that? But before you answer that, if you think whether uh, Trump will actually get that done, I would uh, you like to chime in. Give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And if you are uh, on the line, just push the one, and we'll get you into the show. Uh, but before we get back to our guest, Christine Timmons. Let's go ahead and hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at Patriot journalist.com let pjnet add our muscle to your hustle and this will folks check out the patriot Gen- journalist network which we are a part of here on a bar's logic blue talk at www.patriotjournalist.com and of course also check out uh our website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com so let's go ahead and bring it back to our guest tonight uh, Christine Timmons, and so do you well, think uh, easiest—that's the easiest thing he got to do. That's the all he got to do is just sign his executive order and just repeal it. He got to. It's Amendment 14. What it says is each president and all elected officials who swear an oath to the Constitution and fail to do so are in rebellion. Insurrection and giving aid and comfort to the enemy, which is treason. See, he can't preside over anything that's not in the Constitution. I know these persons have been doing that. We know that. But now we're trying to move away from having so much contempt for our Constitution. We're trying to move to respect of our Constitution because that's the only thing that's going to save us. The only thing that's going to save America is to recognize who you are as an American citizen, that you've got the Amendment 14, Section 1, that says you have constitutional birthright lineage, and no one else in the world can walk across that border and claim anything in your name as a citizen because they are not. They must go through the process of Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 3, if they never go through it, then not only are they not a part of the United States, they're not a part of the state either. Now, under the contempt of the constitutional laws, they are able at this point to be collecting 
some benefits from the United States. But once Mr. Trump signed out about this, because you got to understand, he don't, I mean, he, he's just a man just like you guys are. He got to understand what he got to do. He can't preside over these people. He, he ain't none of his business. The only thing he can do is Amendment 14, Section 1, the first 10 words. It says, all persons born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens. Those are the only people that he can talk to. He can't talk to them other people. They belong to the state. So he got to stand there and tell them, listen, people, I can't talk to you. You do not have constitutional birthright lineage. I can only talk to citizens. You are going to have to get with Congress or your state leaders and have your state immigration office reopened under Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 3, so that you can get due process. They got to be vetted. All this stuff got to be done. Their citizenship is invalid. It's right there on the Homeland Security website. All you got to do is just Google reasons for revocation of naturalizing. The first thing it tells you, Homeland Security, it says no matter how you got your citizenship, if it was not attached to the Constitution, it can be revoked. Tells you clearly, none of their citizenship is real, and this is my plan to destroy the Democrat Party. That's how I'm going to do it. When Mr. Trump signs that executive order, that means about 50 or 60 million, maybe more, cannot vote in 2020. No. And what he's been telling you about the illegal voters, you got to understand, it's not just the dead voters. It's not just the ones who vote two or three times. It's the ones who don't have the constitutional authority to vote. And that's what we've been doing for 52 years. We have been allowing people to vote who do not fall under Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 1. They are not constitutional. They don't have constitutional birthright lineage. If you don't have that, then you can't vote in federal elections. Do you understand me? This is where we're going. We're going we're gonna to work this thing down to the very last word where even the elementary school kids will be learning these things again. Mr. Trump can't speak to them. No. He got to repeal that act, the 65 Immigration Act, and tell them all federal entitlements is over. Oh, my goodness. They are going to be very upset because where I live down here, there's a, a clinic. And you should go by there and be look like hundreds of pregnant women coming through there with a baby, like you're saying, thinking that their babies are citizens. They're going to have to be told their baby's birth certificate got to be reissued. You can't issue it as an American birth. You can't. The only way you can do it, one parent has got to be a citizen. And if the parent... If the citizen is the father, then the father's name is in. The father is the one that has to apply for any benefits. The woman can't apply because why can't she apply? She doesn't have constitutional birthright lineage. When we get these words and to, together. And, 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 and Christine, let me go ahead. we got some other callers. We will okay. get. We got some other calls in the line. I think I see Lynn on Facebook. Yeah, uh, we got the link out there for sick people. Perhaps yeah. you can listen on Facebook as well. But we do have some callers. Push one on your number dial. Uh, when you like to get in to talk to myself or, of course, our guest tonight, 
But let's go ahead and let in Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm fine. Thank you. And I, and I got that article, um, but I haven't read it yet, and, and I may. You know, we'll probably, should, we'll probably have some time for that. Uh, I, I've, I've looked at it, but, I mean, if you want to make comment on it or even maybe read from it, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, you know, because, you know, it looks like it does definitely have some uh, some bearings on tonight's show or, you know, this segment. Well, there's some interesting uh, situations going on. In Chicago, <clears throat> gang members are going to meet with Trump at some point to try to save their city, which I thought was rather interesting. Um, <clears throat> uh, they don't trust, I don't think, Rahm Emanuel at all. And, um, well, with good reason, of course. Um, but, you know, here there's Muslims that are supporting the um, protest, um, are not supporting the protest against Trump, but they're condemning them for, you know, they, they, they like this shutdown that he's doing about re- refugees and Muslim immigrants. I mean, if you don't want the country destroyed and all the money and you have, it was just like that one driver, he didn't vote for Trump, but he said, you go and riot and loot just because you're unhappy about it. And he worked for uh, the fancy car, what do you call them, the limousine company. And they, it cost them $70,000 because the looters and rioters burned that um, limousine. And he said, you don't go destroy people's jobs just because you're angry about something. Uh, so it's been rather interesting how many people are seeing through the nonsense. Now about the, and I, I, I'm getting a lot of people disagree with me, but, you know, there's this thing that Pelosi was asked a question by this lady about the sanctuary cities and how, how, how would she choose a grandchild to be killed if she had to line them up and pick one, you know, from someone from the sanctuary city. And it really stumped Pelosi. I mean, she tried to, oh, my goodness, it was a rather, whew. Anyway, at the end of it, a young man stood up, and I could positively he was Hispanic, because he said his parents, he's in college right now. And he was one year old when they came over. Obviously, Sounds like they, his sister was born, uh, but she's what they call the anchor baby. Okay. So anyway, he said, well, uh, if they send me back, I will lose my occupation, which is an interpreter or whatever you call them, because his parents are both deaf, and so he has learned to do that because of his parents and then to do it for others. He said, I'll lose my education. And he said, they'll send me back to a place I don't even know what that place is like. I don't I don't know anything about it. Which my daughter has a few friends. Well, I don't know how they, how friends they were, but a lot of the restaurants hire the dishwashers and people that are in there illegal. And um, they told her they were scared, too, because they said, we, we, we don't even know anything about Mexico. We, we don't know anything about it. They send us back. We're not... We're not used to it. We don't want to go back there. And you got to feel somewhat sorry for it. I mean, this kid, his parents are on the pathway to citizenship. 
and apparently he ha- he's paying for his own college education, by the way. He is paying for his own education. He's not doing it through health or anything else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't agree. You can follow the Constitution all you want, but there are exceptions to the rule. Hold on, one one person at a time. Let's not let's not talk over each other. We'll get you back. We're we're, we're definitely going to get you back in, Sue. We're definitely going to get get you back in, uh, uh, Christine. She, uh, okay, go ahead, Susan. We'll she, give Christine she, the response. I would rather send Pelosi to Mexico and some of these idiot politicians we have and keep a few of these dreamers because some of them actually are hard workers, whether you like to admit it or not. And I would trust them more than I would these idiot politicians. I'm sorry, but that's just a fact. Uh, you know, you. I, I'm sorry. I'd rather trade. If I could legally do it, I would. Um, and I can't be on here very long because I have to go to bed early because uh, my daughter ended up in the hospital last night and she's got a big cyst on her ovary mm. and she's probably going to have to have surgery but they're hoping it can dissolve it so I will have to get up early and be to work by 7 so I'm going to have to get up by 5 and <laughs> help her because she will be all alone otherwise and, and, and she just went through that so so that's really all I have to say. But I'm sorry, this young man seemed really, really educated and really nice. And I hope he doesn't vote Democrat. I hope, but I think that a few of them, if if you go through the list of these people that are here and that are dreamers, and you pick out a couple that are paying their own way for everything, and work out citizenship for them, I think that's acceptable. So you know, you're going to have people that come here anyway. You're allowing so many in the country every year, so pick a few to get their pass to citizenship and then send the rest back. My question to that, yeah, my, my, my question yeah. to that, and real quick, let me, lady, it's my, my turn. No, but uh, my question to that would be, Susan, and, and first let me say, you know, I want to wish you the best of luck. And if this uh, makes you feel any better, uh, my daughter's mother, she, um, she had a cyst on, uh, I think both of her ovaries, uh, while she was pregnant with my daughter. and they, But they had to get them out. And so they actually operated and actually took one of her ovaries out while she was pregnant. It scared me to death, of course. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're going inside there. You know, one of my babies in there, right? But wow. surgery was successful. Baby was okay. And this was 14 years ago. <laughs> So if that tells you anything about technology, I mean, they're able to go in there, operate, uh, every, you know, all all around there. And while she was pregnant and, and, and you know, my daughter came out fine, there's nothing wrong, no complications. So, I mean, that tells you about technology. But one, one comment I want to make on that, and I want to bring it back to you, Susan. I mean, not Susan, but I'll bring it back to you, Christine, is that, you know, but if we're going to allow people to break laws, what laws am I going to be allowed to break? I mean, I'm an upstanding well, I, guy. I pay taxes. I get, you know, I work. You know, I, I contribute I to society. But what, what laws am I going to be able to break? I wanted to give her a definitive answer on what she just said. The way that you get the thing that she's talking about is already in the Constitution. All they have to do is get the Congress or the state to re 
open the state immigration offices. They don't fall under any path to citizenship. They have to go through the state first. Once they go through the state first and they're sworn in as a legal resident of that state, then that the state sends their work visa number and everything to the U.S. Department of Naturalizing. Now they are a member of that state. And they have to have equal protection. It says it clearly. No state shall deny to any person in its jurisdiction equal protection of the laws. In other words, you can't pick one or two of them out and say, well, they're nice and all that. All of them have to be treated the same, and they all get the same due process. You can't uh, 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 pull all this contempt of the Constitution because you're kind of hurting them when you don't teach them the proper way to do this. If you want to grab the violin and go turn out tad the citizenship, something that doesn't exist, that does not exist. The only thing that exists is they got the right to come to the United States and the state that they're in is supposed to have a system set up so that they can constitutionally register with the state. Anything else is just plain out wrong. It's what That's what got us in trouble in the first place. It's when we swayed away from what the Constitution established for them. Because I'm 74 years old, and I remember millions of people came to America, and nobody was ever deported as long as you came under Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 3. The state immigration offices were open. You could register. If you want to register in 10 states, you could do what you wanted. And nobody Nobody ever was deported until the 1965 Immigration Act when President Johnson them wanted a whole lot of people to believe that they needed Congress to come here. They don't need nobody. Anybody can come to America. But they have been fooled now to the point that they believe that Congress is in charge of immigration, and it is not. The state is. The state is in charge, and Congress can control them and tell them how many they can bring. But insofar as some path to citizenship, that ain't the way to do it. The path to citizenship is you get registered with the state and you get everything in with the state. Then the U.S. Naturalized Division sends you your citizenship paper. That's the only one. The rest of us, that's all a bunch of garbage is what got us in the trouble that we're in now. That's what got us in the trouble. And so this is why I'm hoping that, you know, Mr. Trump can do the easiest thing for Mr. Trump to do is just to nullify and repeal the Immigration Act of 65. They all go right back to the state. Mr. Trump can't talk to them. He can't talk to the Muslims. He can't talk to the Mexicans. He can't talk to nobody because they do not have constitutional birthright lineage. So how you going to have some path to citizenship and you don't have constitutional birthright lineage? You got to have lineage to do this stuff. You don't just walk over here anymore. Christine, speaking of uh, this one that will be uh, in about uh, 10, you know, between 10 and 13 minutes, because uh, you, you, you mentioned something while we were off the air, and it's going to be part of our second uh, segment, is Islam as a political party. Don't talk about it yet, 
Let's wait till we get in our second okay. seg- uh, segment. And we do have John on the I'm line, so he'd like to chime in as well. But because we do have our roundtable discussion here, let's go ahead and bring it uh, back to you, David, and see if there's any uh, comments or questions you may have uh, prior to us bringing in John and uh, going to our next segment. And, uh, anything you'd like to add to that, David? <clears throat> uh, well, I, I'll just say that if you follow the money and the motivation of bringing in a lot of these, uh, <clears throat> I, I guess, illegal aliens, there's a lot of charities and other organizations, churches, all kinds of places that have absolutely been taking millions upon millions of dollars from the federal government. It's all a big uh, money transfer. I'm sure that a a certain percentage of that money finds its way back as contributions back into the Democrat Party. Follow the money. It is terrible what has – and the fact they brought all these people in to try to swing the election – that they were not successful in swinging, and now they're here, and who has to pay the bills is all I had to say. So hopefully there will be recognition and a uh, a rollback to uh, what is true. The last thing I'll ask is could someone please explain why uh, Barack Obama, security member from apparently a dead person from Connecticut. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I, I, I never heard of it. Uh, the only thing I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Mr. Trump telling them that they can't have Social Security numbers anymore. They can, they're not allowed to. Only only we can have those numbers. That's how we're going to. Well, I tell you what, the ta- and the tax people aren't helping. I, I won't mention any names, but uh, when I was doing some prospecting from work. We find ourselves from them. We got we got to define ourselves completely from them. We are the people who have constitutional birthright lineage. We're the only ones that can be on Social Security. They can't be on it yet because they're not citizens. So they get a work duty number, and it's non-refundable. It stays in our Social Security account. If that's uh, that's Article One, Section Nine, uh, Clause Three, it says uh, United States should have the power to charge a tax or duty for each person that the states bring. So immigration for the state is not as easy as you think it is. And all this sanctuary city stuff, I done told them they can have their sanctuary cities, but it's going to cost them some money. It's Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3. I just told you. The United States can charge them money for every person that they bring. Immigration is not easy as you think it is. Do you understand me? But see, people, they think it is because of the contempt of the Constitution that the 1965 Immigration Act did in its quest to flood the borders with Hispanics and Haitians and Jamaicans, all these people, to vote us out of office. But it's like Dave said, they lost. They lost. We won. It's time now for us to flex our muscles. And I need everybody to say, I have constitutional birthright lineage. you got to get the feeling of that. Everywhere I go around here, around here in Florida, you know how they are. They're very, very rude. And I just tell them, you know, you can say what you want to say, but you don't have lineage. Well, what is lineage? I said, you don't have constitutional birthright lineage. 
Well, I, then they have nothing to say. We have got to distinguish ourselves from them. Donald Trump, he got to understand he ain't allowed to speak to them. He can't speak to no Muslims. He can't speak to no Hispanics. He can't speak to nobody that doesn't have constitutional birthright lineage. He's out of order. And, and at that point, and, and because I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap up this topic and moving on to what we discussed earlier, and I definitely want to talk more about that because it was, it was a very interesting point that you made, and that's Islam as a political party. But first, oh, uh, yeah. let's go ahead and bring in John because I think he might uh, – I want to add, add into uh, this part of the discussion, and I do want to welcome uh, Carolyn and Heatsinker uh, to the chat. And to those out there listening on Facebook or others, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you uh, want to chime in, push the one in the lumber dial, and Carolyn adds in, unfortunately, illegals do not uh, pay taxes. But let's go ahead and bring in John. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, I was just kind of curious, Miss Timmons. Um, when I, I'm, I have two copies of my uh, Constitution, and for some reason, mine doesn't show clauses. It just says amendment, and then sections one, two, three. How do I oh, determine yeah. what what the clause is? Oh, or okay, okay. I, I tell you how to do that. It's easy. It's easy. Look at look look at amendment number fourteen. It's gonna yes, say so it's gonna say all persons born or naturalized and subject to the jurisdiction there are our citizens. That's clause one. That sets out that we are under the jurisdiction of the United States because we are citizens. Two comes right after that, it says no state shall deny anything to Citizens of the United States. That's clause two. When you get down to the part where it says, no state shall deny equal protection or due process to anybody in its jurisdiction, that's clause three. That's the one that sets the, the, the rules for people who come in into this country. They cannot come into this country under what you come in because you have constitutional birthright lineage under Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 1. The first ten words say you were born here or you were naturalized already and you were already subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, then you are a citizen. If you come from another country, you do not get constitutional birthright lineage because you wasn't born here. You was born in Peru. So you are under the jurisdiction of the state. It says no state shall deny to any person in its jurisdiction equal protection of the laws, that's them, and due process. In other words, the state has to have a due process system set up so these people can go and register constitutionally. They cannot take over and say that I live in the United States. They don't live here. They live in the state that they're registered in. They have absolutely nothing to do with the United States because they don't have constitutional birthright lineage. These are the things. See, they took us away from all of that. When I was a little girl, 
back, you know, in the 50s and stuff, we knew all these little things about ourselves personally. But, see, that took all that personal knowledge as to who you really are from you in order to help these people with this constitutional contempt that the Democrats did with the Immigration Act of 65 to make them believe that they're the same as we are. And they are absolutely are not the same as we are. We have constitutional birthright lineage. What they have is the lineage from the country that they were from, and they fall under state rule. Not the United States. There's not much more you can say. So that's how you determine what a clause is. You read, you read a certain point, and then when the thought is, that pretty much ends uh, the 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 clause. I'd like for this person that's on the phone now. I want him to look up Article One, Section Nine, because those are three clauses that a person like him would be very interested in. That first clause is 19 words. It says, migration and importation of such person is what any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit. It automatically gives immigrants to the state. But when you read clause 2, it says, Congress shall not have the power to prohibit it prior to the year 18." So, in other words, the Constitution gives Congress the power to control the number of immigrants that a state can bring. Then Clause 3 says Congress or the United States can charge a tax or duty of not more than $10 per person for each one of them. So, in other words, the states have to pay the United States to bring immigrants. Do you hear what I'm telling you? That it's not free. All of these things is what's going to have to come out within the next, say, year or two as we're all going over the Constitution and going back to the Constitution on its face, not okay. on the stuff that they wrote in law school. When we use the Constitution on its face, that saves us. And we can talk it's about that more maybe of some in the second section, uh, second segment, but we are about to... Uh, to close out uh, the just just for that segment, of course, uh, on the immigration outrage, I wanted to talk more about uh, the liberal hypocrisy on uh, over the President Trump's uh, executive order regarding that. Uh, but yeah, it's the organic nature of the show. Unfortunately, we didn't get to that, but perhaps another time. But I know Susan's got to go, so let's get some comments from her, and then what we'll have to do is we'll, we're going to swing it to the next uh, segment. We're going to talk about ism as a political party. Uh, and I want you to talk about that, uh, you know, when we get to that segment, Christina, because I found that very uh, fascinating in our off-air conversation. But also, folks out there, if you'd like to uh, chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Push the one on your number dial, and I'll get you in. It'll be great to hear from you. Also, for those who are on the line, push the one on the number dial. And definitely check out uh, the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com where you can go to the Bards Logic newsroom and get articles such as Shireen Kadosi, Why Muslims Back Trump on Radical Islam. And then there's also uh, an article that you sent me, Susan, uh, that we'll hopefully get to maybe in the next segment. Uh, 
you know, seeing if we can link up to that. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan. I know you got a few comments, and then I definitely want to bring in, uh, you know, get us back uh, up to our next topic. Go ahead, Susan. Yeah. Um, well, what I messaged you was that the one-year-old who came in didn't even understand the law, so he didn't really break a law. His parents probably did. But they may have been working and paying taxes the whole time. Some have. And some are very good workers. I knew a few of them that were good people. And if you had seen him, I mean, I'm not for this. I'm not for, I'm for closing the borders and being done with it and sending. But I can pick and choose. I don't agree with her on that. Because Ellis Island, you got to condemn Ellis Island. Then. You have to condemn them. They sent people back for reasons like disease and other stuff. They didn't allow everybody in. So, yes, I can pick and choose who I send back. And if I think someone is not a criminal, they got a job, they're working, they can prove something, I'll keep them. The rest have to go because, obviously, they're murderers or something else. So, sorry, I, I have to disagree, or we have to send everybody back, all the descendants that came to um, Ellis Island and redo everything and re-vet and redo because that obviously was an illegal way to come in this country also, or they kept people out illegally. One or the other, you can't have it both ways. And speaking of it both ways, uh, that's kind of uh, not a real <laughs> LinkedIn segue, but I'm going to use that to go ahead and bring us into our second segment of the show, and that is Islam, Islam as political party. So, Let's go ahead and bring it over to that uh, to uh, Christine and, and give us a little background of what you were talking about, uh, whereas you see, you know, Islam as kind of maybe more like, like a political party. You also use another term uh, as well, and I can't recall that one, to be honest. Uh, but, but kind of give us a little background on that. You know, what do you mean by that and, and illustrate it? You know, what, what, what they're doing is war strategy. Here's how war strategy works. You scramble your enemy with a lot of fear, just do a lot of dumb stuff, and just make them real scared. Then after a while, you throw a bomb here or maybe shoot here. So now you got them scrambling with fear, and they're terrorized. While they're terrorized, then you've got all your top people doing just what they did in Great Britain. They got together and wound up in parliament. That is a war strategy. That is not religion. That is not religion. Now, they may want to say, well, yeah, it is, but it is not. A war strategy is a war strategy. That is a very good war strategy. Scrawling your enemy with fear, terrorize them, get all your people in back. Now you don't move to the front. That is not religion. Now, if you want to talk about it like that, I don't see the Catholic Church doing drive-bys against the Christian Church. So I will never accept Islam as being a religion because it is a very, very slick political party that uses the cloak of religion to fool people. Because, see, when you use that word religion, then people want to get the violins and all that their religion. But when you read Amendment 14, Section 1, it won't let you do that. Amendment 14, Section 1 says, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or preventing the free exercise thereof. So if you've got a religion that's telling somebody, if you don't do my religion, you're going down, then that religion has to be arrested. 
Congress cannot respect it. And this is what I'm trying to get in these people's heads. Stop telling me that Islam is a religion. It is not a religion. It is a political party that advances it with the, the use of the word religion. Sure, they're doing that, but that doesn't mean that they are really a religious group per se. You have to be religious to worship a great God. That 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 is to fool the people into thinking that my religion allows me latitude over you to tell you that you must do mine or you are some, what do they call it, uh, is it heathen or whatever they call it, you know, if you don't want to do their religion. That's, that's just war strategy. That's all that is. And I will never accept it as anything more than war strategy. It's slick. It's very slick. But it is war strategy. Well, one thing I've said, you know, many times before, and actually for years, is that you know we're, we're, the Crusades, and I think it might even go all the way back to then. I I I contend that they never ended. I think that they, you know, even all these years, you know, you know, it's been going on. I don't think it's ever stopped. I think the clash of civilizations has uh, is, is been ongoing, and and until you know. I, I don't know how we wipe it out, <laughs> but I, I think it does. And it's a shame because, I mean, I just keep thinking, you know, how much more technologically, you know, wise we'd be ahead of the game. You know, maybe we'd already, you know, have those uh, bases on the moon. Maybe we've already, would have already been to Mars. We didn't have to spend so much uh, blood, sets, you know, blood, sweat, tears, and, and treasure, you know, on combating this, this, this war of uh, uh, this clash. I should say, of civilizations uh, between, uh, you know, it's kind of the West and East. It's been, I mean, and it's been like that. First it was on a West and East on a uh, a, re- a regional, not even quite, you know, regional, just in a, in a state, uh, state-wise affair, and then it became regional, and now it's almost a global. It's, I mean, we want to put you goodnight, Cindy, I mean, it's Cindy Susan, and, uh, you know, good luck with your daughter tomorrow. And, and so it's, it's, it's now, instead for first of the set, started out as a, as a state struggle, uh, and then it moved uh, regionally, and now it's now we got global. I mean, I really, you know, well, think it's it's, it's globally a global uh, crusade. You know, and again between the east and the west. At the Eastern European countries, I think they're getting a little tired of the uh, the jihadist movement against them. All they got to do is just get together the the Europeans. They gonna have to first of all, they got to do something about that European Union because what happened? The jihadists they took advantage of that, and they just like I told you, they scrambled them with this fear and terrorized them, and they've been taken over. Just like I told you, and so it is time now for the European leaders to recognize you kind of like made a mistake. You didn't quite do your union in a way that give you the advantage to be able to control what happened. The way we fix to get control back. See, I'm not really worried a lot about the Muslims over here because once Mr. Trump nullifies all of these laws and stuff that we've been living by. Once that happens, they're going to be stuck in a state anyway. See, what they don't understand, they're trapped in America. they trapped. They think they got us trapped, but they're the ones who are trapped. Because Trump got some people out here that know that blasted constitution. I can have every one of them. 
when he wrote that order for $134 million, I got that right here in my briefcase. He's supposed to expel every one of them. He's doing everything absolutely right. They have absolutely no power in this land at all. And the Europeans, they're going to have to get get their act together and let those people know, you have no power here. I cannot wait until Mr. Trump finds out that he's got to nullify all that stuff. And that will, oh, man, I can't wait to see these, these Muslims. Well, they're going to be so upset when they find out that they have no power. They, they think they got a power. They have none. So Mr. Trump is doing the right thing. And what he said, when I watched that show that night, the, the speech, he said three times in a row, I'm going to destroy Islamic terrorists such and such. He said it three times. I said, thank you. It's about time. I don't know why everybody's so scared of them people. There ain't nobody to be scared of. They have never invented anything. They don't have the, the mental capacity that Americans have. Americans, we're the ones who started the building of the world. So now we're going to let some pagans talking about some jihad. That's, they're just supposed to come over here now that we put all this technical such and such together and some pagans come out of jihad. They're just going to walk in and just take it from us. Absolutely it's not going to happen that way. When Mr. Trump gets through this thing, I think we're going to have an order in this country again because I remember back in the day when we had way better law and order. And just when we start to really get it right, here come President Johnson and Chip O'Neill, and they started the Immigration Act of 65 and brought drugs to America, and that tore America apart and established what we're living with now, where people are walking into our country as Muslims and all this stuff come out. They run everything and they believe that they have a heritage in this country. They're, they're saying that the Constitution gives them heritage here. It does not. It does not. So these are the things that they're going to have to get in their head, that they have no heritage in this country. They have no constitutional birthright lineage. So, therefore, they are wards of the state. They have nothing to do with the United States. That's when we really start defining this thing. When they find out they never got, they never, they never were constitutionally recognized as being a part of the United States. Yes, they have been recognized, but it's under contempt of the Constitution. And this is my goal to put that contempt of the Constitution back in the closet where it belongs and for everybody to show some respect for our Constitution the way we respect your Constitution. Until that day comes, I'm not going to be very happy, but I think that I think very soon, I think very soon I'm going to be extremely happy. I think that Mr. Trump is going to catch on you know, that his work is easier than he think it is. All he got to do is, is just sign that executive order, of nullifying that act, and send all them back where they belong. They go for the Muslims and all of them, all of them, and they're not going to be able to go from state to state. They're going to have to have a visa for everywhere they go. They're not going to be able to get any federal anything, absolutely nothing. And this is what is going to control 
America when they understand that they are not really a part of America. See, they think they're a part of America. They're not a part of this country. Mm-mm. When this gets out, that they are who they are, members of a state. They're not even members of the well, state. They ain't signed up state yet. But all and of we got, and we got Kelly on the yeah, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we got yeah, Kelly yeah. on the line, and, and I've got some comments here from uh, from the chat and also from Susan before she uh, before she was uh, gone. Um, is that uh, she just made the point that we can't have it both ways, uh, and that's what she talked about with, uh, with Susan. Speaking of Susan, Susan made real Susan made this comment, and, and we'll have to put on our uh, we got plenty of time here. Uh, and then we've got Susan, and I'm going to bring it over to you, John, and see if you have. And we are going to get you in, Kelly, but I, I want to finish out this thought, and then I you know Kelly's got an update uh, from the West, and so we want to hear that as well. But I do want to bring this up, get some comments from the panel, and then bring Kelly in on that, and then we'll continue on with this topic. Uh, and then, of course, at the top of the hour, we'll move on to the next. But uh, she now she stated that, you know, that she said Catholics, uh, the Crusades were started by the Catholics, and they created Islam to get them the Jewish temple. And she just sent me an, an article. We, we may or may not get to that because uh, I do have another article uh, that I want to uh, get to later uh, about uh, how even some uh, Muslims are uh, agreeing with what Trump is doing. Uh, when it comes to radical Islam, and so we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But let's first let's go ahead and bring it uh, to our panel here. So let's get your thoughts, John, and then David, if you want to chime in on that, we'll uh, give you as well. You know, on you know, what do you think? I, mean, I don't know how much of, of history and things of that nature you guys know, but you know, her comment that you know the the, Christ, the Catholics actually started uh, the Crusades to get the actually no they they started the Crusades and created them. Muslims, if I understand what you're saying correctly, uh, in order to, uh, I guess, to take the Jewish temple or something of that nature. And maybe one of you guys would know more of that history for me, uh, for me and then we'll go do Kelly's update. And then uh, I do want to read that article that Susan did send on uh, Muslims, uh, you know, agreeing with what Trump's doing now. It's, uh, can't even talk with uh, Islam, I mean, radical Islam. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, John. Oh, okay. David's not going before me as it was in the original rotation. Well, we could do it that way. Um, you know, sometimes I mix it up a little bit, but, yeah, I mean, we will do that. Uh, that's fine. If you want to collect your thoughts on that, we can go ahead and bring it over to you, David. Uh, well, I uh, – did. if you wanted me to speak specifically – to the uh, crusade, um, I would uh, recommend everyone just to take a look at um, uh, Michael Rivero. If you ever listen to or watch uh, what really happened, he has a website. He has a show. I listen to it all the time. I agree with so much of what he says and what he believes. He definitely has some um, unconventional uh, beliefs on uh, religion uh, that certainly might um, uh, antagonize some people's accepted thinking. I would just prefer if somebody wants alternate views, they could take a look at Michael Rivero 
uh, and his website, which is what really happened. I will withhold comment and will uh, and uh, will just uh, maintain the faith I have always uh, learned and practiced since I was a little boy. Thank you very much. Understood. Uh, what, what are your, what's your thoughts, John? And we'll we'll bring Kelly in. Well, I mean, I tend to not really have that depth of that kind of history to speak from any position of authority, but I do tend to agree with you, Robert, in the sense that the clash of civilizations is an ongoing thing. I don't think it will ever end, and we're just continuing that same track. Now, in respect to these different religions and how they apply, my understanding is if you can't apply the whatever your values, ethics, principles, morals, virtues, to upholding the principles and values that are depicted throughout the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, then that religion has no basis to be in America if it can't assimilate. And so whenever I, I, I'm not a scholar, but what little I have read in the Koran and the different surahs in there, it, in order... For them to manipulate the infidel, they have the authority to deceive and lie and cheat in order to get into a position where they can finally overcome and overrule. And they're never, ever going to look at each citizen as equals. There's always going to be imams and different classes of people that are going to be um, subordinate to the imams and dictatorial over other people. And our Constitution and Declaration of Independence is predicated on the Declaration of Independence, meaning that we are all equal and we all are uh, give our consent to being governed under burdens that we accept because nobody, just like what Cynthia, or I mean, Miss Timmons was talking about, in Article 1, Section 9 and 10, it talks about there will be no title of nobility. That's setting up the fact that even if you're in office, you don't have the right to subjugate your fellow American to rules, obligations, burdens, encumbrances without their consent. Because otherwise you are elevating yourself to a class above an equal citizen, and therefore you're making yourself lord over them, and you're enslaving them. That's involuntary servitude or taxation without representation. So we have a lot of this talking to do in order to help all of us get on the same page so we can be unified in our mind, our heart, and our understanding to move this United States forward as united. And the class of civilization just continues to go on. And that's about all I can say in that. I just don't see how certain religions can actually assimilate to Americans' basis. Back to you, Robert. Well, thank you, John. Let's go ahead and bring in Kelly, and then Kelly will give that that update, and then I'm going to uh, go through that article uh, that Susan sent, and then we're going to bring our guest in, Christine Timmons. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? We do uh, still see other callers on there. Uh, push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in. Uh, but actually, uh, real quick programming note, so maybe I won't have to interrupt you while you're uh, going there, uh, Kelly. Is, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, we've got about 40 minutes. I'll, I'll think of the time and we have in 20 minutes. So we do actually have 40 minutes before folks uh, can still call in and be a part of that extended period for what we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, but I was, I was, when I was in the 40, I thought it was 1140 Eastern. 
instead of uh, 40 minutes left before we get to the uh, the top of the next hour. So go ahead, Kelly. Well, first of all, I want to say hello to everybody. It's been a little while. Um, there were things going on in my life. One is my mother was diagnosed with cancer, given six months, and then all of a sudden, in a few days, because she's coughing up so much blood, and, of course, roller coaster, balling her eyes out. Uh, and then mm-hmm. that was several weeks ago. And she called me on Sunday, and I was elated. So miracles happen. Maybe it's because she got out of the hospital. Hospital said there's nothing they can do for her. So maybe that's why she's still alive, because she's out of the hospital. And so I was elated that she called me, and it's been a tough, tumultuous time. And I miss you all, folks, of course. And hello, Christina. And I, I just wanted to go into a uh, <clears throat> secession movement. There is a state in the Union that's going to try to secede from the Union. It's called California. It's called the Cal Exit. I'm sure a number of people may have heard about it, but here's some more details from, well, somebody in California. Uh, And there's good news. I'll get to the good news after this. But um, so there's going to be a vote in 2019. They're furiously collecting signatures. Eric Holder has been retained as the um, counsel. Uh, and of course, Jerry Brown, our beloved, <clears throat> beloved, I'm sorry, beloved governor, has has gone on board with the Cal exit. There, uh, there is a Russian embassy being established. Not a Russian embassy in Russia, of course. You don't need an embassy if you're a Russian in Russia. Anyway, California embassy in Russia. They're establishing a California embassy. They're serious. Um, wait a minute, you're reaching out to Russia, aren't they? Are well, are they going to be China? So, well, real real quick. So if California succeeds, are they going to become a communistic caliphate? <laughs> there I'm are myself. Go ahead. Communism <laughs> exists in only three countries in this world, and they all start with a C: Cuba, China. You finish the sentence. All right. So here I am in California, and I'm hearing this news and updates and details. So um, they are working on. Uh, you know, they're collecting signatures. They're well funded. Embassy in Russia, blah blah blah. Uh, Jerry Brown's on board. Uh, um, what else? They're reaching out to the Chinese for some financial help. Uh, the Russian, ma- the, the Mexican mafia, or so I've heard. And uh, you got uh, all sorts of crazy stuff going on here. You've got uh, all this. Take to the vote. And oh, wait a minute. There's a constitutional clause in the California Constitution that says we're an integral part of the. United States, but through a statewide initiative, constitutional amendment that will overturn this California Constitution statute that we're no longer an integral part of the United States. So California succeeds. Why are they doing this? Because they hate Trump. Okay, fine. What has he done so far? How many days has he been in office? This is ridiculous. So, you know, um, and will it pass? Probably. Why? Because there's two to three million Mexicans that voted illegally in the California general election in November. Okay, fine. So it's probably going to pass. Well, where's the good news in this? I'll tell you the good news. Um, 21 counties, this is the state of Jefferson, 21 counties have sent a declaration to the state legislature saying, you don't represent us, we want out. Uh, Of course, they're not going to let the northern counties leave and become their own state. California won't. Oh, wait a minute. Let's look at West Virginia. How did West Virginia become a state, folks? This is the good news. West Virginia became a state during the Civil War. Why? Virginia, which included West Virginia, or now West Virginia, West Virginia seceded from the Union. The western counties of of Virginia said, hey, 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 we don't want to do this. We don't want to leave the Union. And so the federal government 
in this unique time said, okay. Okay, okay, okay. You western counties want to become your own state? Great. You're now West Virginia. Done. West Virginia became a state, joined the union. And so my state of Jefferson, if this vote passes, which probably will. So it's a rather bizarre thing. You know, of course, there's hints of civil war, civil unrest throughout the country, the multi-woman march up in Ashland. They had like freaking 12,000 people. Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, this is over the border. I was there last night in Ashland. So we have some tumultuous times, and California might secede. Well, wait a minute. What about the military bases? And Oh, wait, California has one problem. Where's the Navy? Yeah. Are you going to let Chinese help so the Chinese start and all of a sudden get military bases on our coast? I don't think so. This could be possibly called uh, an insurrection or a rebellion, which in the Constitution, you know, you call the National Guard. I mean, oh, yeah, right. I mean California is what, the fifth largest ec- economy in the world? The fifth yeah, largest economy in the world? Yeah. yeah, some say the eighth, some say the fifth, but it's highly agricultural, the land of fruits and nuts, and still highly Democrat. But, you know, they want to secede. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. But if they oh, really that. move forward with that, yeah, if they really move forward with that, we might have another state, a little smaller than the state of Oregon, which is basically about <clears throat> 60 miles north of Sacramento to the Oregon border, new state, and the 55 liberal Democrats, well, okay, maybe about 45 liberal Democrats that are in the House of Representatives will no longer be there because that's right, they're not part of the U.S. anymore. And we will gain uh, several uh, conservative reps, several conservative senators from the state of Jefferson. You know, you're losing the, the, the left, you're gaining the right. It could affect the whole entire nation. But they may not let they may not let California go peacefully, which means it might be an ugly, bloody civil war. Somebody from Santa Cruz called me up, and they're all freaking out. He's he's stating he is stating, not me. He's saying the property values are starting to stagnate and start to go down because of the unrest. It's a very bizarre thing. But definitely, you, I, well, me and Kelly, I mean, if you're talking to those folks, definitely be interesting uh, to get them on the show. I wouldn't mind uh, having a conversation with them on that. That would be interesting. Go ahead. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, is it going to be a peaceful exit? Is the security of the United States going to be threatened? Of course, California is so loving, accepting, and tolerant that uh, we got to have unisex bathrooms now. And the building code is disgusting. Um, you know, we're so socially accepting and loving and everything. We're just letting even our enemies in because we're so loving and accepting. So we have a, we have a national security threat if California becomes their own country. And of course, they're going to let all sorts of Mexicans flood into California who've been convinced that they are, that this is their land. They forgot the tree of Guadalupe Hidalgo. But, hey, you know, it's their land, and they're going to come in, and they're going to flood it, and, yeah, we can have a disaster. It's it's It's... I'm just kind of just throwing this out to everybody. This is like bizarre. This is strange. Uh, keep your eye on the news with this, and I'll update you as things come forward. Yeah, definitely uh, let us know. And, and, and here's the article. Uh, yeah, because I mean, and definitely I'd like to get seriously I'd like to get those folks on uh, on the show because I wouldn't mind uh, going more in depth and that gets more information. I think that would be uh, a fascinating topic. And so let's go ahead and bring it over to the article, um, whereas it says Muslims com- Muslims come out. Oh, you know, hopefully things will freeze up. They have all these pop-ups. I hate that. Don't you hate? I'm going to digress here for a second. And don't you hate when you're you know you're on your computer and you're trying to get an article and then all these darn advertisements pop up 
and then it ends up freezing your computer because you got like ten pop, ten advertisements trying to pop up at the same time. Oh, that's so annoying, especially when I'm trying to work on my laptop. But anyway, uh, the article uh, is Muslims come out in support of Trump's immigration order, and uh, this is uh, from uh, LibertyAlliance.com. It says, I wonder if this will get liberal wing nuts to shut their yappers and stop complaining about Trump, President Trump's immigration order. Probably not. On Monday's episode of Fox and Friends, co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement, Ostra Normani, spoke out in defense of, uh, defense of President Trump and his recent ex- executive order pressing pause on immigration from certain Muslim-majority countries. Uh, it says, uh, I've been a journalist for 30 years, and I'm really disappointed but the media has unfortunately gone along with the uh, meme uh, hashtag Muslim ban. It's a propaganda campaign. In communications, there is a term called uh, agitprop. It means agitation propaganda. What we see right now is agitation propaganda from a very partisan political movement that lost the election. What I am really disturbed is by when I did a search last night, of how many outlets have Muslim, uh, hashtag Muslim ban and their headlines, they go everywhere from the New York Times to Slate Magazine. It's a disturbing trend where we are inciting fear and doing it very irresponsibly. And then it conti- continues. It, lo- it looks like there's a video on there. Um, and so that's just, that's just kind of a short, uh, a short article. Uh, so you guess it's one you commentator. I don't have the uh, the audio to that, and uh, so maybe I'll get that for the for the next show because um, there is a video attached to it. And so I'll look at that and perhaps make an audio for us uh, for next week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, and we're just like we'll talk about this at the top of the hour, and so we're not segueing into that. Is that you know before even Trump even announced. Uh, his pick for the Supreme Court, uh, he, he there were already pre- protesters on there. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, get slightly into that article and then uh, back to the topic. Let's go ahead and bring it to our guest, uh, Christine Timmons. Uh, thank you for your patience, all. And let's go ahead and, and bring it back. And, yeah, Kelly, as I said, definitely I want to get some of those folks on. And, and when, when you get some more information, uh, keep us posted. And I'd really like to have them come on to talk about it. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, Christine. Well, well you know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much satisfied with this person. I don't know a lot about him, but I do know about Justice Stephen J. Kaufman. He's the one who set the standards. When Reagan was president, it was Justice Stephen J. Kavanaugh, I should have said, of Michigan, Supreme Justice. He's telling us that everything that's going on in the courts right now is all wrong, all of it's wrong. That when they when they first started telling the Democrats that they could use Article One, Section Eight, Clause Four for immigration, that was where it started out with. And Justice Kaufman was very doggone upset about it, and he hasn't had a chance to get in there. I hope that he can get a chance to get in there now that we got Trump. Maybe we can get our rules back for the federal court to live by. Because you've got to understand, under the Constitution, federal judges, every decision that they make 
is supposed to be accompanied by a clause of the U.S. Constitution. They can't just write stuff. This activist stuff they're doing, they're not supposed to do it. That is Article, this is Supremacy Clause. It says this United States Constitution and all the laws of the United States, including treaties and all laws of the United States, down to the very last judge, has got to be in pursuance of the U.S. Constitution. So when you got judges making opinions, even their opinion has to have a reason. If the opinion don't have a reason, it's the same as a 4-4 split. It's no good. It's no good. So we're, we're putting up with several courts that are so far away from the Constitution. That's how we got in the mess that we're in now. Mostly it's because of the courts. As far as I'm concerned, I wish they would go and apply Article 3, Section 1. It says the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. It goes on to say that both Supreme and inferior courts are there doing good behavior and they're compensated for time served. There's no such thing as a lifetime federal court as they're telling you. The Congress can, can shut them down right now. Unfortunately, Congress doesn't know that. So we're stuck uh, with all of these rulings that put us in positions that are not constitutional. So I just hope that this new person that's coming in, I hope that he's going to be leaning towards the Constitution and conservative decisions that are actually based on what is written in the U.S. Constitution. That's my hope. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about that in the next hour. And, of course, we're all talking about his uh, Scottish nomination, uh, Judge Neil Gorsuch. And, I mean, now that wasn't my first pick, and, and we'll talk about that, you know, when the, when the time comes. Um, but we'll definitely, uh, you know, we'll definitely discuss that. And I do want to see who, you know, what, what people's thoughts are on his pick and who, you know, rather they would have liked to see uh, the, in the nominations. I mean, you know, it was, you know, what, from the list of 20, so, I mean, it is a campaign, uh, you know, promise that, you know, he's for, uh, fulfilling. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get back to that to, uh, to the top of the hour. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get talking to that. Uh, but we'll get back to, you know, Islamist political party, and as, as you put it, you know, maybe even a, a military strategy uh, to use that. Mm-hmm. And that might actually pay, you know, come into play a little well, bit with well, what well, Susan well, was you know, stating well, about, you know, well, that being used. But Look at ahead. the EU. Look at the EU. When it first started, we almost never heard. It was very little coming from them. As soon as the EU started, the next thing we know, they were scrambling people with fear. Then the next thing we know, they're shooting people. That is a war strategy. That is not religion. So now they're at the point now where they're saying they're practically running the European Union. So that is why I I put it not as a religion, but I put it as very slick war strategy. They've been scrambling those people with fear now. Ever since they started that European Union, next thing I know, they even bombed Paris. When they did that, I said, oh, my God, 
This is terrible. But this kind of serves them right because when they first started that, I never agreed with the European Union. Never did. I knew something was going to happen, but I don't live there, so I can't make a whole lot of, of, of explanation as to how they want to live their life. But now everything I've said is true. Everything I've said is true because they said 20 years ago that they were going to take over parliament. And the next thing I heard after this European Union mess, now you've got a mayor of London is a darn Muslim. So this is all war strategy. This ain't religion. Well, wow. now that's something I'll be honest, I did not know. Uh, what, what city is that that they've got a, a, a Muslim mayor? London. Oh, London? London, England. They say they're going to take over London's Parliament. London's I did not know that. How did I miss that? Well, you know, see, I'd be, I'd be out here doing all this stuff all the time. I'm just hoping that they don't go advancing any further. I don't think that they're going to be able to take Parliament. I don't, I don't think so. But that is one of their goals. Just like see, Donald Trump, what he just did with his, with his 134 million man, you see, they had said years ago that they were going to conquer the four the the four corners of the earth, that they were going to wipe us out from the four corners of the earth. Well, they didn't make it, did they? 134 million can't even show up. So that was supposed to be have been the destruction of a, of of the world. Them taking over. The Four Corners, once they got here to America, there's no telling what they had planned, say, Washington, New York, California, Florida. We don't know what they had planned, but we do know it's not going to happen now. That much we do, we are aware of. And the thing that I'm concerned about is that where were these people when Americans were working hard to build computers and to get all the technology together, where were they? They were nowhere to be seen. Now that we've done all this stuff, these people were basically, they're pagans. Believe me, basically they're pagans. All they know how to do is make war. They have absolutely no idea of any strategy of how to set up the structure of a, a beautiful land the way we've done it. They have absolutely no educational qualities that we have. And so I feel very offended that some pagans talking about infidel, some old school, old-fashioned pagans, you want to tell me that you want to come to this country where we have nuclear computers. I helped to build the first perpetual motion three-tower nuclear computer, and you're going to tell me that you're going to come over here to America with your pagan mind and just take it over with a gun? I don't like that. I, if you want to compete with me, come to my country and compete with me on my level. Don't come here saying, well, you people have already built this now, so we're just going to take it from you. That's where you get me up in arms, when you are not willing to come and put forth the effort that Americans have put forth to help to train the world. See, we train the entire world. So if we're the trainers well, of the world... How are we going to sit back? Look at how this looks, Bob. We are the ones who train the entire world. How is it going to look if we let a bunch of infidel 
pagans take it from us. We can't do that. What would happen to the world? They wouldn't even know how to fix anything. Well, 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 I can't say anything bad on pagans. I'm one of them. I'm just not a a Muslim. Uh, But but I would be considered a a pagan by by, by Christians anyway. But but one of the things things that... well, wait a minute, what but one of the things that gets uh, – well, not Christy, I'll be getting, because we're, we're only got like 20 minutes left before we go to our next segment. I want to uh, bring this up, and, and then I'm going to get uh, the panel's thoughts on this. Is well, One of the things that, you know, I find hypocritical – so let's go ahead and bring some of the, the hypocrites uh, – so we are going to be able to bring this in. Uh, the hypocrisy of uh, the outrage over President Trump's uh, executive orders is that, you know – they want people to come into our country who, whose beliefs are anathema, are the antithesis of what liberals are supposed to believe in. Because uh, look at these Muslim countries and how they, uh, how they treat women, you, you, know, you know, how they are where, you know, they, they, they don't have a voice in these Muslim countries. Uh, they don't vote in these Muslim countries. I mean, they practice, you know, uh, female genital mutilation, you know, in the in these countries. So what 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 you know? So these these countries that these people are coming from, they have laws that you would think would be the antithesis of the liberal uh, ideology. Okay, what they're supposed to believe in. That's what I'm so the hypocrisy is unbound, but I think, real quick, I think the reason why they're doing it is because in this past election, what they've shown is they've lost the union people, they've lost the middle class workers, they've lost, you know, some of the LBG, you know, lesbian, gay, questioning, transgender uh, people. They've lost a lot of blacks. They need, they need another. I mean, let's be honest, they need another group of people to vote for them. Because they've well, lost I'm people sorry. from their other groups. That, that, that's what the Democratic Party is. They have a bunch of groups that vote for them. Well, they lost a bunch of people from the groups that normally vote for them. I'm like, oh, great, we got to find another you know, group of people who we can pander to so that they'll vote for us. And so but I think see, that's what's going on. I mean, these people well, come well, from countries well, that are, you know, are against everything that the liberals are supposed to stand for, but yet they want them in because they, you know, they want to get their votes. Uh, so let's go ahead because what I said we only got about 15 minutes before you. Hold, hold on, Christina. Okay. Hold on because I want to be able to get the other people's uh, thoughts. Uh, okay. And then if we have some time, which we, we may, uh, and get your thought on that, is, uh, and then we're bringing into uh, the Trump SCOTUS pick, is uh, let's go ahead and. So what, what's your thoughts on, on my theory, uh, uh, David? What's, what's your thoughts on that? And then we'll get to you, John, and we'll bring it back to you. Uh, well, then we'll bring Kelly, and then we'll bring it back uh, to you, uh, Christine. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't remember the specifics of your theory. I'll just say very quickly that basically um, these women's movements and a lot of the organized uh, resistance to uh, the legitimate uh, Trump um, uh, actions are basically being orchestrated. Obviously, they're being orchestrated and paid for by George Soros, Media Matters, and those types of operatives, and they're utilizing mostly Islamic um, people and and organizers who are unfortunately, uh, unbelievably using 
useful idiots, um, low information, uninformed uh, people, these women and and other uh, very impressionable people who are uh, uh, incredibly being manipulated mostly by organized Islamic people. If that is what the Democratic Party is relying upon um, these days, then they are certainly uh, just uh, making their future even more grim and more uh, implausible that they will ever regain any type of respect or ability to uh, be elected back in the office in their current form. So I would mention that. And if you could give me a quick reminder of your theory, I might have a comment, but I am standing by. Thank you. Well, I'm just thinking that now that they ran out of – my theory is that I didn't, you know, you know, I didn't frame it as such. Uh, but my, my theory is is that, you know, they've lost a lot of voters from the groups that they're used to, you know, voting for them in the elections. You know, they lost a lot of blacks. They even lost some, you know, some gays. You know, they lost w- women. They lost middle uh, middle class uh, and even some union uh, folks. So now they're going to have another uh, another class of folks uh, to pander to to get them to vote for them. And that's why I think, you know, because these people that they're reaching out to, these Muslims, you know, or these Muslims coming from countries, I mean, they're, these countries, you know, they're, they're the antithesis of what the liberals are supposed to believe in. So I, the only logical thing that I could think of is they're pandering these folks because they want to get their vote. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, it, it almost, uh, it would be uh, comically humorous if it wasn't so serious. I cannot believe these people have such an inferiority complex that their goal is hopefully to be thrown off the building last. I don't know what else they think they're Yeah, doing. that's a good way of putting it. Very, very good way of, uh, of putting it. So what do you think, John? Well, um, kind of complicated. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Kelly, since Robert shared that with us a few weeks ago, there's a number of us that's not just praying for you. We're praying with you and your whole family, my friend. And um, as far as this other issue, the sad part of it is, is like what you were saying, the very people that they're trying to bring in to the United States are an antithesis to their own beliefs, values, and whatnot. Well, this is just my opinion. But I, my opinion is, is that those in those foreign countries understand what David was just saying about these people not being knowledgeable about what's going on. And those people in the foreign countries know that a lot of the religious right actually study different religions in order to understand those religions. And they know that this particular, whatever religion it is, doesn't line up with the Constitution and what their, uh, what do they call it, the uh, jihad is supposed to be all about and bringing forth the holy war. So, in my opinion, these people on the left here in America are being used because those people in these foreign countries know if they can get a bunch of suckers to go along with them, because they can't get the right. Most of the people in the right aren't going to go along with them, and a lot of the people in the right carry guns. So, therefore, if they can get all the left that's willing to not carry a gun and to, you know, go along just in their mind with whatever, whatever, 
Well, they deceive the left just to get here. Once they get here, they know most of the left aren't carrying weapons. They can't fight against them. But they'll stir up enough stuff to fight against the right and try to overcome and then let the left be slaughtered among them because they're all about uh, deception. It's just—it's almost like everything's. This is the age of deception and heathenism and uh, hedonism. Like they're trying to turn our culture into that. And then whenever the caliphate erupts here in America, then they just take it worldwide because they know they have to defeat either little Satan and big Satan in order to take it worldwide. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to do it. And as long as little Satan and big Satan, and I'm, when I say that, I'm saying it from their perspective. Because I don't believe that, right, but right. I know I, I do believe in their mind that they believe that hey, I'll take care of, I'll go along with those people in America who seem to be ignorant of our position, and that we can take advantage of them and then fight, use them to help fight the other side politically. And um, I don't remember exactly if it was Minnesota or Michigan, but we have a, a Islamic mayor in America now, too. It's one of them two states. I, can't, I think it's Minnesota, but I'm not for sure. Back to you, Robert. Yeah, well, yeah I can't remember his name, but, yeah, because when he was sworn in, he swore in uh, on, uh, on the Quran. Yeah, I remember he, 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 was, he was sworn in using a Quran. Uh, uh, a Quran or whatever, you know. And so let's go ahead and uh, get, get your thoughts, Kelly, and then we'll bring your guest, uh, Christine Timmons, in. Go ahead, Kelly. Thanks, John. <coughs> a number of things. Constitutionally, there is no uh, term limits on Supreme Court judges or justices, and history uh, shows that the more... Um, Judges serve the more they accumulate the vast amount of knowledge and case law. Um, there are two mechanisms to remove judges from power. Jefferson utilized one of them in defunding several of the judges, and they were gone. The other is through impeachment. Samuel Chase was impeached but not removed in the Senate trial. There are mechanisms to hold judges accountable, even Supreme Court justices like Samuel Chase. The Muslims, let me see here. Um, Somebody mentioned the Catholic Church started this. I doubt that. The um, Muhammad started seventh century. Uh, his, by the way, his wife was Catholic, but that doesn't mean the Catholic Church started it. Um, and he himself went on sixty some raids, uh, and for many centuries they had conquered uh, three times what the Romans had conquered in land. And finally, after three hundred years of oppression. Um, the uh, Christian side of the world decided to retaliate and go conquer uh, Jerusalem. So it was after many centuries of the brutal uh, Muslim theology and poor treatment of human beings and beheading and all that kind of stuff that retaliation and then that crusade started. So that's a fascinating thing. Um, in this country, regarding Muslims taking positions of power, yeah, I'm not too much of a fan of that, but... In this country, it matters not, according to our Constitution and the rule of law, it matters not what somebody believes. It matters very little what somebody says. But we are persecuted, not pro we are prosecuted. We are prosecuted for what we do. If somebody goes and murders somebody, it doesn't matter whether they're an atheist, agnostic, Muslim, or Buddhist, it's what you've done. So in this country, it's what we do. 
that we are uh, considered as criminals and put to trial and, and put in jail. Now, you can, however, be under the what the, you do clause, you can be um, prosecuted for conspiracy, conspiracy to commit murder, conspiracy to assassinate a president, like some poor guy is arrested and being tried for eventually. Um, of course, the left is trying to stand up for him, but again, it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter what you think, it's what you do in this country, which is completely different than other Muslim nations. Um, I don't mean we're in a Muslim nation, of course we're not, but other countries where there are Muslims, you know, you walk down the street uh, alone as a woman, you're in serious trouble. So, I mean, those are those are weird laws, but in this country, trial by jury nullifies, jury nullification uh, nullifies such penalties, and we have enormous freedoms because of this. The difference between Western thinking um, and Muslim thinking is, is so stark and different, it's amazing. And there will be a clash. Um, it's, it's, just, it's beyond interesting. So we are fortunate to live in, in the whole history of the world in such a nation that you can think and believe. And if you're not hurting somebody else, guess what? You're not going to go to jail, except for political prisoners. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we are we are blessed to live in this great country, and the challenge is to continue to maintain. I know, I wish Hillary would have been a political prisoner. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the challenge for us, therefore, is to maintain this great system of being prosecuted for what we do, um, and and keep those who wish to um, pervert that and put us in prison for political thought, we must continue to be vigilant and adamant so that these liber- these great liberties are preserved. I yield. And let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Christine, to close out the topic for the night. And then we'll have our discussion on Trump's uh, take of Judge Neil Gorsuch. Go ahead. Well, I'd just like to thank everybody, you know, for listening. I know sometimes when I say things, it sounds so far-fetched. But as you know, I've been studying this for so many years, and I am so happy with Donald Trump. And I'm so glad that I can say I know at least one person in this world who is absolutely right. Every word that Donald Trump has said, he is the only one who's correct out of all these millions of screamers. He's the only one who's correct. So I really appreciate it because I worked hard every week. I tried to, you know, do what I could on the citizen level in sending things from the Constitution. So when I saw the TV screen last week, all the things that I've ever said and done and written, it was all on the screen. I was extremely happy. And I'm not going to worry. I think that this situation is going to work itself out. I think that eventually he's going to find out that he's got to nullify uh, everything that's unconstitutional. He's going to find out that he's going to have to tell everybody you can't get any more federal entitlements. He's going to have to tell everybody you've got to go to your state. You're not a member of the United States. Once we get all this done, I think it's going to be fine. If it doesn't, I'm sure that he is going to be man enough to step up to the plate and bring a law in order in whatever way that he sees fit to bring the law in order because the Constitution only authorizes him to deal with 
people who have constitutional birthright lineage. He cannot deal with anyone else. He has to protect us from them. And there's not much else I can say. So how does he protect us from them? He writes them off. He got to write them off. He got to exact the order off out of the United States government. You can be in state government, but he's got to write everyone out of our government to give us a chance to start all over again and start a new America, the great America that we were supposed to be in the first place. But see, right now, we are not that great America because we have people who have walked in under constitutional contempt and are trying to pretend to be Americans. That's what we've got to put down. We've got to put that down and bring back the real America before President Johnson and Tip O'Neill spoiled the whole thing with the 1965 Immigration Act. As I say, it is a contempt of the Constitution in order to get uh, people to come here to vote for the Democrat Party. And that is why at this point I'm at now my goal is to make sure that the Democrat Party is destroyed the way I'm going to destroy the Democrat Party is tell Mr. Trump, you've got to do it yourself. You've got to write them off. You've got to tell everybody in America, you are not a part of America. Your citizenship was gained through contempt of the Constitution, and I must nullify it. You must start all over again. So that means in 2020, nobody's going to be voting because it's going to take you about nine years to restart that program, about nine years, and that will effectively destroy the Democrat Party. And with that, uh, looks like we can, uh, you know, get ready to start segue to our next segment. Uh, but that's if you're out there listening, uh, let's say some folks are out there listening on Facebook, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428, uh, or else you will not be able to listen to our uh, third and uh, final hour, which is the extended period, because we call it that, because if you're out there and not called in, uh, you're going to lose the audio. However, the last hour will be part of the podcast uh, that you can find here on Blog Talk Radio. Or you can also go and download it to your mobile devices for free uh, by downloading it to using iTunes. And that's something that's available for you as well. And uh, please would ask folks to uh, share the link of the show uh, so they can uh, listen to our panel. And uh, it's a lot of great information here uh, for folks, and I really appreciate it. It is uh, you folks that makes the show. Uh, that's for certain. We do uh, have some folks on the line. I appreciate you listening. Uh, but we also would like to hear from you, too. Uh, so push that one on your number dial. Uh, I'd like to uh, hear you get in. Uh, but if not, that's uh, fine, because we do appreciate uh, you being with us. And so just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Um, and uh, we'll get you on. You only get about a minute. It looks like we did have... Uh, someone who uh, lost a call, so make sure you don't, the call don't drop because you will not be able to, unfortunately, uh, call back in, and so we'll go ahead, but the podcast will already be uh, available, and so let's go ahead and bring it back, so of course, uh, Donald Trump uh, did pick uh, for his nomination uh, to be uh, the Supreme Court uh, judge taking Anselin Scalia's uh, spot, and that is Judge Neil Gorsuch. Frankly, that was not my pick, not the person I would have liked. 
Uh, I I was uh, more in line with him picking Pryor. I think Pryor was the most uh, conservative of all of them. Uh, But, you know, I I, I had my doubts about uh, Gorsuch. I've heard in some uh, circles uh, that he was more moderate. Uh, But then he does definitely have some thing that I heard recently that's that's making me feel a little bit better and you know about him and, and that, that's kind of how it's been going with a lot of Trump's picks for me originally I'm like oh man I don't I really wanted that person uh but we wanted to uh but you know I gave it some time and I, I I did start to like him a little bit more uh but let's go ahead and we'll we'll bring it uh we'll bring it to you first uh, uh we'll bring it first to you uh and then <clears throat> We'll see what your thoughts are on that, Christine, and then we'll bring it uh, around to the round people who won, uh, what they thought of. Well, first one, who their pick would have been, and it might have been uh, Neil uh, Gorsuch or if it was someone else. Uh, so what are your thoughts on, on Trump's pick? Uh, first, was there anyone else you would have rather seen a Trump pick uh, uh, instead of uh, who he did? Well, well you know. Christine? I've been in federal court so many times. It might not be fair for for me to make an assessment because I've been there so many times, and I can just tell you right now, most of the federal judges haven't the foggiest idea what they're doing. <laughs> they use case law that has absolutely nothing to do with what they're doing. They'll use, they have three main ones that they use. Twombly V. Bell and two other ones, they use that against the Constitution. When you try to file a claim in U.S. District Court against the federal government and what they may be doing, they use those case law to say that the case is frivolous. Well, so now you're telling me I'm trying to file this claim for the Constitution, but you're telling me that it's frivolous. That means the Constitution has no basis in law. Everything is just all screwed up. The way I tried to explain uh, Barack Obama and uh, John Boehner when they, with this immigration thing, I explained just on the face of what the Constitution says, the United States itself doesn't have the power to bring immigrants. What did the court tell me? The court told me, yes, they can bring immigrants. They use the naturalizing clause. That's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4. But you can't do that. That clause says Congress shall have the power to establish uniform naturalizing. Naturalizing and immigration is two different things, but they are still clinging to that perception that that is from the 1965 Immigration Act, you know, that contempt of court of the Constitution Act. So by me knowing so much about the federal court, you know, it's, I don't really like to make uh, any statements because all of them are wrong. I wish they would all start all over again. Forget the case law that they've made up all this stuff. You see, when I went to Thompson Law School for nine years, I found out a lot about what the Democrats did 
in the law school. They they manipulated everything in the law book. And so this is why we get stuck with uh, with things like uh, these people are coming here and actual federal judges are actually making people citizens in contempt of the Constitution. Do you hear what I'm saying? In contempt of the Constitution, they're doing all these things. So I'm just not impressed with the federal court at all. You see what I'm trying to tell you? Mm-hmm. I'm not impressed would there, with this. Would there been anyone in particular, though, that you would have rather seen him pick? Well, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that would be great because I would like to have uh, someone who's a guest on the show now be a Supreme Court justice, so I could get a I can get a Supreme Court justice on the show. that have been all, pretty awesome. See Justice Kaufman, but see Justice Kaufman is busy. He has to run Hillsdale College, and then he's also on the Michigan Supreme Court. Frankly, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's kind of like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other one. They have all been taught to do it wrong, every one of them. I went to law school too many years. They've all been taught to do it wrong, absolutely. No federal judge is supposed to give citizenship in the fashion that it's being done where you call a telephone number or you go up to an office and they sell you citizenship papers and somehow you get with the Democrat Party and they teach you a few phrases and then there you are standing in front of a federal judge and you've been made a citizen and you have not been through Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 3. You can't do that. Oh, you can do it, but that's contempt of the Constitution. You just gave those, that person a, a, a citizenship that's no good. It's right there on the Homeland Security website. So these judges, you know, and I can't get really mad at them because I went to the law school for nine years, and I know that this is what they teach them. And, you know, so... That's why I'm not real, real excited about it because all of them are wrong. I don't know when, when, if we ever are going to get back to a real federal court that actually bases their decision on the Constitution on its face. What they base their decision on is all of this case law that they made up to override the Constitution and to pervert it and to corrupt it and to hold it in contempt, that's what's going on right now. And uh, so I i just don't think it matters whichever one it is because they were all taught to be wrong, every one of them. Every one was taught to be wrong. So what I need done now, all these people who these judges have made citizens in contempt of the Constitution, I'm sorry, but they, their sentence has got to be overturned. See that's why I'm coming. I'm coming from a way another different way than than you guys are. Way another different way. We first got to get a federal court down it that's going to follow the Constitution. That's the first thing to do. How are we going to do that? We almost have to start all over again. Almost have to because the, when the Democrats set up that stuff, you know, within the law school, it's been there now 52 years, 
and it's going to be hard to overturn all of the, the different ramifications that they did, billions of words of lies and, and twists and turns and, and nooks and crannies uh, that get them out of stuff when the real truth is sitting right in front of your face. It winds up being ten words. The real truth out of all the lies that they told when, when they corrupted that Constitution, when they held it in contempt, we still got those same ten words that save us. We're still the ones who have constitutional birthright lineage, regardless as to what all they wrote up about us, regardless as to all these laws they broke to drag these people over here to keep us down. The Constitution on the state still saves us. So I am not, I'm just so not impressed with anybody in federal court. You should see some of the cases I got. You wouldn't even believe what some of these federal judges, it's, it's, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic, but I have to tolerate it when I take my cases into court. I have to tolerate watching federal judges can't even do sixth grade elementary school stuff, can't do any of it. They write up about 50 pages of garbage. When when you get to the, to the bottom of it, it comes right back to Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 1. We have constitutional birthright lineage. No matter what they say, no matter how they write it up, no matter how they write us off, it has been the federal court who has been writing off America all these years. It's been the federal court, see, because they're supposed to, any law that comes out of Congress is supposed to come under judicial review. And under judicial review, they're not supposed to let nothing go out that doesn't have a constitutional clause. When they have opinions, Opinions don't count for nothing. If it's just an opinion, it comes out like a 4-4 split. If you can't make a decision, that's that. So when you you got four liberal judges who make four opinions, their opinions don't count. They have to be thrown out because it doesn't have a clause. Even the opinions have to say, well, I'm basing my opinion on such and such and such and such, they say such and such. But, see, they don't do that. They just say what they want to say. They just say, well, oh, you can just do immigration under the naturalizing clause. But how are you going to do that? See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what makes me, that makes me so mad. Every time I see it, and I've got three cases right now, you can see that written right and signed by judges of right now today, not 52 years ago. They're sitting right there now. In Congress, those those are three cases. Well, actually, four cases I did against Obama and the U.S. government bringing immigrants. And those judges said that they can do that. But under the Constitution, it does not say that. The only thing they can do is tell the state you can you gotta stop bringing them or control the number, not bring them themselves. But according to these federal judges. They can bring immigrants under the naturalizing cause. Don't they understand naturalizing and immigrant and immigration are two different things? That's what that's what makes me upset. They're two different things. So and then the country David, you but, wonder you wonder why you're we'll, in so much trouble. We're in trouble we'll bring because it back up. Okay, Christina, we'll, we'll bring it back around to you, but I want to, you know, give uh, 
uh, the panel here as well, uh, opportunity to, uh, to, to to chime in and myself. And we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you because uh, I hope they understood that who's really got us in trouble is really the federal court. And that's one thing that uh, one reason why we, you know, so we need to share out these shows so people can listen to us, listen to the panel, if we get them in as well. Uh, but definitely hear, you know, you know, all this information. But let's go ahead and then let's go ahead and bring it uh, over to you, David. So first, first, let's start off. Who, who would, if you would have liked to see uh, Trump pick? Uh, I would just say I'm very supportive and pleased with his pick. Obviously, he sailed through earlier confirmations 100 to zero. There is absolutely no case whatsoever that the left can make to try to deny him without just further diminishing any credibility that they might have left. Um, I think it was outstanding uh, pick. I think it's very interesting that he had been a clerk for Justice uh, Kennedy before, and uh, I just I. I feel very confident not only has this been a good pick, but it positions uh, the Republicans uh, in the future uh, for the next pick that I I think will just make the Supreme Court stronger and stronger for the next 20 to 30 years uh, to finally try to right the ship uh, and uh, to be able to finally uh, um, judiciously, I guess, support uh, the types of corrections that are going to need to be made. Uh, Christine uh, made um, uh, obviously has let us know what we have feared, and the reality has been all these appointments that have been made from the Democrats are very um, uh, ineffective, incompetent, uh, politicized, uh, inappropriate people that have been in these roles that are certainly not qualified. So I think over time uh, they're they're. Um, the system will be uh, cleaned up and cleaned out. And I just really, all I'll say in conclusion, having been very involved with the Trump campaign and coalition efforts to reach over the aisle, our job was to find people who have not traditionally voted Republican and bring them into our camp. And uh, we welcome any and all Americans uh, of all stripes to uh, please join uh, this, this movement to uh, make the country um, greater than ever and uh, keep it great and um, I, it, it's all going to be based on uh, judicially being able to um, support basically the uh, enforcement and exercise of the law as written and the, con- the constitution as we are founded upon. Thank you. Well, very well said. Uh, well, you know, I'm still hoping to kind of get somebody who, who you would have uh, Rather have, but I, I think that information is going to be with uh, forthcoming, is it, David? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm I'm very supportive and and uh, go you want well, you want to you want to want a Ted Cruz at least or something or <laughs> uh, Ted Cruz can uh, he he can be very supportive from the Senate and uh, so he's in a good position there. But uh, I look forward maybe to uh, Judge Napolitano, uh, Janine Pirro. Any others, uh, I think, in the future, and the good news is is we will have opportunities to bring wonderful people like that to the court uh, over the next few years. So um, uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody uh, is happy. Uh, if, if they weren't selected, it's because uh, they're enjoying a uh, 
uh, a, a lucrative, well-deserved uh, television contract in the meantime. So I think everybody's on a happy square. Yeah, and, and you're right. And there would be, uh, there will, you know, would be uh, other ones, you know, who were going to, you know, I, they're going to have one, maybe even two more uh, in, in the next four years, I think. That's, I, I think one uh, is a Ruth Gator Ginsburg, or she, she's probably going to be ready to retire soon. Is that the one who, uh, maybe I'm not getting her, her right, um, her name right, who I think may be the next one to retire. Um I'll, I'll, I'll think, I'm trying to remember her name, but I think that's what it is. But let's go ahead and uh, get your thoughts, Kelly, our uh, grand jury expert we have here on the show. Um, and then when we got, uh, and then we got you, John, because I want to get your your thoughts as well. And then I'll I'll, I'll chime in myself. So go ahead. Um, Ginsburg, I believe, is probably one of the oldest, and yeah, she might be the next to uh, retire or graduate to the next life um but if you think about it eight years um that could be interesting over eight years you know with pence would be 16 but there's another anomaly here is clarence thomas clarence thomas um he's kind of a odd duck if you will clarence thomas doesn't say very much when the Supreme Court is giving their opinion about this and that, what have you, he doesn't say a thing. I'm not sure if he likes his job. Um, I don't know. Did, did you know? Did you know that Clarence Thomas does that? That he doesn't. He just doesn't say anything. It's kind of bizarre. <laughs> but but anyway, maybe he's still mad um, about how he was treated. He becomes a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Well. Uh, Maybe he's mad because he switched to Pepsi. <laughs> Inside joke. Sorry, guys. I couldn't help myself. But remember, it is Bar's Logic After Dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think the left was racist because uh, he's black. But that's another story. <laughs> anyway, I just called them on their junk. Um, but, you know, life, um, you could have um, somebody get sick and they get pneumonia. Um, get um, Slime's disease I mean Lyme disease Well Fred Grandy came into office Because he ran And uh, his opponent Got Lyme disease And couldn't run So Fred Grandy won You know go for on the love boat But Slime's disease um, Hits people And maybe that's uh, Another out for a justice um, We don't know We could have I mean right it's going to be pretty much a 5-4 like it was before, except um, not Kennedy, but um, Roberts. Roberts is kind of a swing vote. He's probably New World Order, um, approving health care, mm-hmm. saying. Oh, that's what double, I think. Yeah, he was total doublespeak in his ruling on health care. But, um, you know, we so we'll have a 5-4, question mark, question mark, with Roberts. We could have a 6-3. We could have a 7-2. Which would be kind of interesting. Um, anything can happen. Judge Souter, Justice Souter said, oh, my gosh, that guy. Another story. Um, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, but I like the opinion of Judge Napolitano on uh, Trump's nominee. He said that is like a very close 
uh, I'm not quoting, but I'm paraphrasing. That is a very close um, replacement to Justice Scalia. I am such a Scalia fan. Um, Scalia got so much stuff right, it was unbelievable. And then he could express it in a way that you could understand it. So it looks like we're going to have the first one. Um, and I, I'm having trouble pronouncing his name because of the, I don't know if he's French or what, what have you, but... Uh, so I mean, it's, it's, I heard today from Jerome Corsi. He was on Alex Jones. Jerome Corsi thinks that his nominee will be um, almost unanimously approved. So that's a no-brainer. We're we're going to have a, a Justice Scalia-like justice coming forward, and he'll be on there for hopefully a long, long time. Um, well, he's only forty-nine. Or such as he's only forty-nine. He's forty nine years yeah, his gray hair belies his age. But yeah, he's uh he's only forty nine. Well gosh, he could serve for thirty years no problem. Oh my gosh. Um guess he's one year younger yeah, than Yeah, he looks older than he looks older than what he is. I was surprised when I heard his age. Wow. Okay. So um then we're gonna have uh you know another one replaced. It's going to be interesting, you know. The left, of course, some of the smarter ones on the left were freaking about about freaking out about Trump. Um, you know, oh, we're going to go back to slavery and we're going to be in like, women's rights. What do you think? Come on, blah, blah blah blah. I mean, I can't. I know, blah blah blah. It's like, do you have any evidence of this whatsoever? But they believe it, you know. And then you got all these women riots all over the country. Um, it's going to be kind of cool to see over the next two, three years. It's going to be cool to see how Trump keeps proving himself, and he's going to pull a lot of people over into his side of the camp. But I just say yeah. that because I've, I've had a lot of suspicion about Trump, but I think Trump's going to, I think Trump's going to pull a lot of people to, um, to his side. If, if, there's a gift here, if he does extremely well with the economy and liberty and other things, I won't be surprised if he gets a landslide in uh, 2020. Oh. Yeah, he very well may bring in over a lot of people who ordinarily wouldn't vote uh, a Republican. I, I really think he brought. I think he. Yeah, I mean, I really think he took a lot of people uh, who uh, would have otherwise voted for third parties. I, mean, I even talked to a girl when I did my exit polling uh, on election day where she was. Uh, uh, supporting Jill Stein. I mean, she liked Jill Stein, but she ended up voting for Trump. I mean, of course, part of that was because she couldn't stand uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, but I mean, but I mean, he really is an outsider. I mean, does anyone really see him as a Republican? Eh, not really. Um, he's doing a lot of uh, you know Republican-esque things, or at least conservative. And and said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll make my comments on uh, on the judge, you know, on. You know, the judgeship or the nomination for the judge, uh, but first let's go ahead and bring it over to uh, uh, to you, John, and, and and then after you know we kind of go through what you know what our thoughts are and uh, Gorsuch, uh, we we'll talk about you know again the liberal hypocrisy when they're talking about you know they're all pissed off and they're and they're uh, you know picketing outside the Supreme Court and like oh it's not you know and then even before the guys picked. And it's like, oh, because, you know, the way that, you know, they held off Obama's, uh, and you could probably speak more on this too, uh, Christine, but, you know, they picked on, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, 
they waited a year and they didn't uh, even vote on Obama's nominee. Well, you know, the Republicans, I mean, the Democrats did the same thing to George Bush. Uh, and so and, and I'm sure you could talk, as I said, uh, more on that, Christine, than I'd like to on the last half hour or so of the show. But that's interesting. I hear somebody's ringtone. Anyone else hear that? I don't know. It seems to be my phone. I can't imagine why. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. Please try your call again later. Announcement 1, switch 179-1. Someone call Verizon. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. Please try your call again later. Announcement 1, switch 179-1. 179 Okay, fine. Um, by the way, we have to no, do a shot. I'm not going to record. They may be recording us. <laughs> we, well, we, we, we may be recording some national something. <laughs> we have to do a shot. Maybe. That was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, we yeah, have to do a shot to say Bob tonight. Hey, hey, Bob, come to the side of life, please. You know, your family will be better off, your grandchildren, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. I wonder what Trump is going to do about the NSA. And spying on America. Yeah, I'm just so happy with Donald Trump. I can't tell you. I, I, you know, I didn't think I would be this happy, you know, in my lifetime. But I'm sitting here now on the corner of uh, Broward Boulevard and US One, looking at Starbucks Cafe, and I see Morton Steakhouse and CVS and City Bank, and and I'm just darn happy uh, that I, I live in America and I had this opportunity tonight to talk to my fellow Americans, you know, about our plight. It's kind of, it's going to, instead of being being a plight, we're fixing to be reborn again into a whole new world where we all will recognize ourselves as who we are. We are the people who have constitutional birthright lineage. We're going to have to take those three words and we're going to have to wear them like a badge. In fact, about it, I'm thinking of getting some T-shirts made, you know, because Americans are going to have to understand who we are. We've got to distinguish ourselves as being the greatest nation again. We train everybody in the world to do what they do. we got to start being more proud of who we are and what our heritage is and don't let other people come here and tell us, that we're not worthy of what we and our parents worked so hard to get. Don't let them tell you that this is a free country. They always call to me, oh, this is America, it's free. It's not a free country. This is something that belongs to Bob, it belongs to Dave, it belongs to Christine, Susan. We are constant, We have constitutional birthright lineage. And I would like to be treated that way. I would like for you to respect what we've done. I've never heard not one immigrant heard that. Nobody ever said, thank you, America, for what you helped us to do. Everybody takes advantage of us, and then we wonder why they do it, because we let them. But now we got Donald Trump. He says he's not going to have it. I enjoyed that man when he said that he is tired of seeing Americans get beat up. Just plain old English 
like you say, he doesn't really recognize what's Republican. He's just a person just like us, and this is what I am so proud of. And so, as you know, as you're saying about his justice pick, I just don't want to make too many statements about it because I have to do this every day. I got three cases to file right now, and I'm kind of I'm not afraid to file them. I'm just going to wait, you know, until the dust settles. I have three excellent cases. What you guys don't know is one more thing before we get off the line tonight. When he talks about draining the swamp, you've got to understand what may be getting ready to happen to Medicare. We may have to cut Medicare off. We may have to cut it off and go to a voucher system or a medical savings account. That means at the beginning of every year, you pick your insurance company. The Medicare sends you and your insurance company a check. Then your insurance company takes care of you all year long. The only thing that Medicare does is prescription drugs and some of your lab. The reason that we have to do this, you won't believe it. Do you know that states have set up statutes that make it impossible for Medicare to recover? Let's just say, for an instance, some clinic steals about 2 or $3 billion from Medicare. The state that they're in likely already has a statute that makes it extremely difficult. You have to have boards and committees and laws in order to even advance the action that they've done against you. You've got to have all those things in place. It's sort of like they set up some system of unilateral reimbursement where the only person that gets reimbursed is the one who stole the money. And this is the problem that we're having right now. So when when the Medicare thing comes up next time, don't get upset if they say that we have to, to leave Medicare behind because if we don't, we, we kind of like don't have any money right now. And so I'd like for you guys to you want to understand more of what I'm saying, write this down. SS766.5. That is one of the state statutes that's used to control the courts. This is what's wrong with Medicare. The states are stealing the money, especially where I live in Florida. It's Rick Scott. He's the one who 20 years ago, when he had Columbia HCA that stole those billions, that's what's going on here. And there are several states who are doing the same thing when it comes around to getting inside of your, your medical tax dollars. So we may have to go to another system where we actually have to have our own insurance companies for the future. I don't think that we're going to be able to rely on Medicare much longer because they, they can take your Medicare claim number and use it all day long, and there's nothing that you can do about it. They can take that Medicare claim number and say that this person has a psychiatric illness, and they will send those numbers to a psychiatrist. They may not even send you with the psychiatrist. They just write it all up and just push it on in to Medicare, and everybody gets paid. Once the person finds out that their claim number has been used, FS 766.102 stops you from getting your money back. So 
when you start hearing this stuff about Medicare, don't get upset. There's a reason that we may have to shut it down. So I just thought I'd, I'd get that one in there before I forget about it. I didn't want to forget it because I do think it's going to come up. So anyway, I think you guys have Well, it, 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 it wouldn't surprise me, and I know that's going to piss off a lot of people. So it's like, well, you know, you had all these these folks take advantage of it for such a long time, and then you yeah. know the people who's paid into it, like myself, you know, not 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 benefit from it. But that's definitely a conversation for another show, and perhaps we'll have yeah. you know when that subject does come on, uh, we'll talk about it more at length. But let's go ahead and bring it back. Uh, to, uh, uh, yeah, we'll definitely. As I said, we'll definitely. Uh, you know, especially if we it starts coming up. Because uh, we do like to keep up with current events. But let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, John. Who, I mean, first let's start off. Who are you either like to see uh, perhaps him pick besides uh, uh, Gors- uh, Gorsuch? If there is, I mean, he may have very well been your pick. Uh, but who would you like to see him pick? Uh, and why? And uh, what, what's your thoughts on the, the, the person he did end up picking? Well, I'm not too versed on all these people. I'm kind of picky in the sense of um, I work from a relatively low information base in that realm, definitely. I mean, if you listen to the show very often, you'll know in most realms I'm not an expert and I don't know it, it very deep in anything. But I have my own personal perspective on what I do understand. And as far as the gentleman that he did actually put forward, I'm, I am wanting to find out more about how he treated some of these bills from a corporation standpoint because, you know, I know that he supposedly ruled in the case of the, what is it, the sisters, some, the Christian sisters. Of the sisters, little sisters of the poor at Hobby Lobby. Yeah, and Hobby Lobby. But all we, it seems like all we ever hear about these deals is, oh, they, he, but he, uh, he, whatever he did, he judged it in their favor. And I'm like, well, that's not really the issue. We always talk about issues and, and, you know, like, well, hey, did he vote for the right or did he vote for the left? And I'm more interested in, did he actually adhere to the, Declaration of Independence in the U.S. Constitution, because I mean we have enough people that play party politics, like Miss um, Timmons was saying, and I appreciate Miss Timmons. I I am greatly glad that she's getting to share all this information with us. I definitely, I'm the type of person who has to ask a lot of questions in order to make sure I understand what people are saying, because I can only parse information I hear from my own personal perspective, and I might be a bit um, as far as I can tell from this gentleman's qualifications and what I've heard, I listened to it on C-SPAN or watched it on C-SPAN and heard what he said, and I like the fact that he said that, I don't remember exactly the quote, but it was something to the effect that, hey, if you're happy about every decision you make, then you're probably not good at being a lawyer or, or worthy of being a justice or something like that. In other words, it gave me the impression that he was saying, hey, sometimes if you do what's right, it's going to go against your personal bias. And I, I appreciate that because I think we have too much of that. And you know, you've heard me say previous times over in the last 150 years, as far as I can tell, we never have had anybody upholding the Constitution in any of our courts. It's all 
them deception and the rule of man deceitfully masquerading as the rule of law under the color of law. So, but as far as anybody else that he, that he might have um, put forth, I tend to like a lot of what I hear from um, Judge Napolitano, like David was saying, because I watch Fox and I get to hear a number of his situations. But even at that, I don't think I have enough background on him. So in that pretense, I think those two are probably good people on the limited information that I understand about them. But if I was really going to be somebody that has to make a decision on that, I would want to dig in a whole lot deeper. Now, as far as these people... Boy, who's outside? That's weird. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm just enjoying but, the evening. I'm, I'm enjoying okay. the evening. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're outside. Go, go ahead. Get back to you. Go ahead, John. I thought there were well, motorcycles going, going by and everything. <laughs> yeah, we're enjoying you too, Christine. But it, but so as far as these people that are, you know, going into these um, sessions for these nominations and stuff and all of the questions that the congressmen and senators are asking – I mean, most of them, for all of the different nominees that President Trump has put forth, it's really been more about, hey, who can we get to justify our partisan position? There are very little, if anything, that I've heard um, that has anything to do about, is this person going to judge based on or make their decisions, whether it be the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, whoever, whether they're going to actually look at it from a basis of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, it's all about well, are you going to support my particular partisan perspective? So back to you, Robin. And my, my thing was, you know, originally the person I, you know, I, you know, with what I heard and, and read, my original pick was uh, William Pryor Jr. is who I, uh, you know, really want yeah. to, uh, you know, is yeah, really right. going for, and, and that's why I really wanted to pick. But I tell you what, though, the more uh, the more I read about uh, Gorsuch, I, I think I might have had my mind changed because you know I'm really impressed uh, with them, you know, especially with the rulings of Hobby Lobby and, and, and Little Sisters of Poor. I was impressed with that. Also, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. He was the youngest of the three who who made it to the top top three top tier, and you know also. Uh, I do like now. You, you guys may or may not know this, but his mother, Ann Gorsuch, served as the administrator of the Environmental Protection Protection Agency under Ronald Reagan, President Ronald Reagan. Uh, so that in and of itself, knowing that he's got connections with someone who was in the EPA, uh, you know, for me being the environmentalist that I am, uh, just kind of happy to see that. <laughs> One other thing real quick, you know, you were talking earlier about how these different justices that might be retiring. Well, I actually, I did hear that there was a buzz that Anthony Kennedy is talking about, um, you know, resigning and Clarence Thomas. Now, I didn't hear anything about Ruth Gator, uh, Bader Ginsburg, but it would not surprise me if any or all of those three actually retired within the next four or eight years. So I'm hoping Trump gets a good run this four so we can extend him to a full eight. And hopefully all three of them retire and the Republicans, conservatives get to appoint all of these Supreme Court justices. Sorry, back to you. 
and I, and I really would, and I really would like to see. I mean, I know he he's got his place in the Senate, um, and he wasn't my my pick for for president. But I do think that uh, you know maybe towards the end of Trump's fourth, or if, if it's for a, you know fortune enough and things go right enough uh, for there to be eight years of of Trump, uh, then maybe towards the end of that. Um, then maybe we'd see Ted Cruz. I mean, I really do think Ted Cruz. Sorry, folks, what you think of him, but I mean, it's a city wasn't my pick for for president, but I do, you know, like the idea of Ted Cruz, especially with his youth as well. Uh, I would, I would, I'd like to see him sitting on the court. Do you believe Ted Cruz is actually eligible because of his birth situation? He, he's not even – I mean, he might be naturalized, but he's not a natural-born citizen of the United yeah, States. Yeah, and that's it. Well, and I get that. I get, I get that, John. I'm sure uh, I'm sure that it's going to be uh, – Christina might have some hay to make with me uh, for my thoughts <laughs> on that. Um, but be that amazing. I mean, if the guys was, was, you know, was able to – now I know there's some controversy on whether him and Rubio were people who should have even been qualified – uh, to run, but be that as it may, um, I mean, if he's qualified to have run for president and it was allowed, I can't see where he couldn't end up being appointed to, uh, you know, appointed to the Supreme Court. I mean, I know there's mixed thoughts on that, and, and, and I even kind of battled with that myself a little bit, um, you know, but uh, I don't know. I just think that, you know, he, he would just make a good addition to that, you know, just, you know, with the way he is, but. I mean, but I, I get your points too, John. Hello. Yes. No, we're we're, we're still we're we're still here. We just I think we're just kind of uh, you know pondering uh, what we've oh. you know what we've all heard, and so yeah, I mean, so you know we've got uh, him in. You know, he as I said, I mean, the more I hear about him. You know, the more I like, the, the more I like them. Now, now, Kelly, do you think that they're going to have to go? Kelly, do you think they're going to have to get into the nuclear option in order to get uh, getting confirmed? You know, this is what's uh, quite amusing about the the Senate for for uh, confirmation of nominees. When uh, Obama tried to get a uh, Supreme Court justice to the Supreme Court, the Democrats said, oh, 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 we got it. Here's how we deal this. No filibusters will be allowed in the United States Senate. No filibusters when it comes to Supreme Court justices. Whoops. And now it's Trump's turn, and the Supreme Court has a no filibuster rule. Oh, goodness. So there's no filibusters. So that's why a lot of Democrats are not even going to the confirmation hearings because they know they can't do a damn thing. So he's going to fly uh, through pretty. See, you see, you don't hear that out. You, you, I, I've never. I, this is the first here. This is the first place on Bard's logic that I've heard that. To be honest. Yeah. So um, you know the Democrats. See, the Democrats love it when the rules are in their favor, and they oppose it when the rules are against it. It's even more amusing when they set up the rules that go against them. <laughs> You know, and this is what I wanted to bring to Christina. I almost, forgot, I almost forgot about this, but Christina, I mean, you know the history. I mean, you know, the, the, a lot of people who are protesting, even before uh, Gorsuch was chosen, 
you know, because they're like, oh, well, Obama should have had to been able to make his pick. But isn't it historical, and you could probably answer this on this too, Kelly, isn't it historical that, you know, they did the same thing to Bush in his last year in office? Yeah, it is It is amazing how it works for one, but when it comes to us, they don't want it to work. You know, they're going to have to understand what goes around comes around. It's our turn now. We won big time. We won big time, and so they're going to have to kind of uh, learn that lesson that we are here and we are here to stay. We are the people who have constitutional birthright lineage, which Ted Cruz does not have. See, he, he doesn't, Ted Cruz doesn't have what we have. He does not have the lineage. His lineage is from another country. So whether or not he can be seated as a federal judge, you have to look at the rules and see does the rules say that you have to be a citizen? Now, I know who wrote the rule. It was Justice Kavanaugh of Michigan. I would have to go back and read the rules, but I don't think that the rules actually require that you be a citizen to be a judge. I'm not sure. I have to have to go over it. But usually, if it's the United States court, yes, yeah, you have to be a citizen. If it's the United States court, no, sorry, is it anything that's of the United States falls under Amendment 14, Section 1, Clause 1, Constitutional Birthright Lineage. So once we, if we can all get to that page, then maybe we might see our way to clear stuff up. Just tell people, hey, if it's not a citizen, you just simply can't do it. If it's for the United States itself, you can't do it. It's like what Susan was talking about, about, you know, the pathway to citizenship and all that. She, the way she's got it wrong, that's not the way you do it. You do it through the state. You can't do a pathway to citizenship because then when you do that, now you just corrupted the Constitution. You just held the Constitution in contempt because the Constitution says you bring your people in through the state and then through the state. That's when the state sends their registration process to the naturalized division. Then the naturalized division sends them their papers back. That's the way you do citizenship. This other stuff that she is talking about, that's what the Democrats made up, that path to citizenship. Ain't no such thing. <laughs> you go through the state. You know, once we get these little nuances done, I think we're going to be fine. Miss Timmons. Are, yes. are you are you familiar with the Naturalization Acts of uh, I think it's 1790 and 1795, and how do they play into um, the same aspect of what you're referring to? Or are you aware of those? I I am aware of them, but when I go on, I go on the face of the U.S. Constitution. I go on what's actually written. I have a a decision from 2011, Justice the whole crew of the Supreme Court wrote this, and I have copies of it. If it is not written within the Constitution itself, then the United States can't do it. It belongs to the state. So when I do anything I do, I turn to the clause of the Constitution that governs it. 
I don't go back to all the naturalizing stuff and all of that. But see, they make up a lot of that stuff, just like they made up the Naturalizing Act of 1965. Those acts can be made up, and they may or may not be constitutional, as we all well know now that the 1965 Immigration Naturalizing Act is unconstitutional, is a, a, an absolute contempt of the Constitution. So I don't pay their acts any attention. When you make an act, the first thing I'm going to do is look and see, does that act follow the Constitution? If it doesn't, then I'm done. So I never pay the acts any attention. You've got to pay it's the actual written word, and lots of luck trying to get the federal court to do that. If the federal court would follow the written word of the Constitution, we wouldn't be in any trouble right now. But, see, they don't do that. They make up stuff as they go. The same way it was the federal court who helped make up the Immigration Act and Naturalization Act of 65. They made it up. Senator McCarthy died. They tried to do that stuff before he was alive, but he had Judge Felix and all of them were arrested. They had to come in and go before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and he made them nullify whatever that was they were doing trying to write an immigration law. Well, four months later, of course, you know, he was dead. Then after that, the Cubans, they started pounding the Cubans across the border. Next thing we know, they're talking about some wet foot, dry foot. Then we look up, it's the 1965 Immigration and Naturalizing Act, an act that has absolutely nothing to do with the Constitution. So I never listen to the act. I only look and see, is that written in the Constitution? If it's not written in it, then I just don't do it. And I wish the courts, I just wish the courts would do it. It would simplify their word. It's so easy and so simple. If you look and it says that uh, no state shall deny to any person in this jurisdiction due process and equal protection, so why don't you just do it? Oh, no, they won't do that. They sit up and write two billion other words that subvert the truth. That's the way they do it. You know, and so I, that's why I didn't weigh in too much on the federal judges because most of them don't know what they're doing. And, uh, and I know they don't. They may not know it, but I know they don't because all they really have to do is just follow the Constitution on its face and the whole country, the problems are solved. But they don't want to do it like that. And that's what keeps us in trouble. And that's why we have to rely on Donald Trump to just nullify the whole darn thing, just repeal the whole doggone immigration act of 65, tell the people you're not a part of the United States, go register with the state, turn in your Social Security number, turn in everything, pay us, and then they owe us money. Every one of them owes the United States money. That's Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3. We never collected the state taxes and dues when they brought those millions of people here. And then they took our money and they supported these people in what is known as felony tax fraud. So, you know, with my best knowledge of going through all of this in the law school and in and out of federal court, I'm just, it's just hard for me to be impressed with anything that's going on in the court until they start back making their ruling on the face of the Constitution, I don't want that much to do with it. 
Because the way they do it, then they can just do it any way they feel like it. And we have no way of being able as people to make them do it correctly. So uh, that's where I'm sitting with the courts now. Uh, I just, I'm just not impressed. I, 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 I'm not impressed. As I said, I'm holding back about three or four cases right now that I really would have in U.S. District Court, but I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. See, in the beginning, federal court was a people's court, but you know now it is not a people's court. It was a people's court. If someone did something to you, you could go to federal court on the face of what's written and take care of your, your business. You had a, a speedy trial. You, 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 your liberties weren't taken. Now you don't. You can't even get in the courtroom. Let alone talk about a trial. The, I'm just kind of we're, we're actually kind of yeah. We're actually kind of running uh, behind schedule here. I just looked at the time. I was listening to you, and I lost all track of time. Uh, it looks like uh, we got to start taking our, our closing comments because I'm gonna have to shut things down in about uh, three minutes. So let's give okay. each of us on the line about a minute to close down. So we'll give it over to uh, you, John, and then you, Kelly, and then uh, you, Christina, and then I'll or Christine. Then I'll have to uh, close things out in the last for the last uh, five minutes. And so well, we literally only each have about one minute. So go ahead, uh, John. Yeah, um, Article Four, Section Two. It says. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Tushin has set forth, I guess, September of 1787. And in that opinion, or from my opinion on that, that means that each and every legal United States citizen is a proper party to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, a real party to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and then, un, uh, what do they call it, Undis, you, like you, there's somebody that you can't do away with. They're undispensable parties mm-hmm. to the Constitution. And uh, I just encourage everybody to um, keep in these conversations, share this podcast out with all your friends and your family and, and all your contacts and Help them get involved in the discussion because the more that we get everybody involved, the more that we all learn, myself especially needs to keep learning more, then the better we're going to be able to understand how to keep those in uh, that work in our government accountable to us. Thank you, Robert. Oh, thank you. Let's go uh, over to you, Kelly. Well, um, Trump has been very encouraging uh, following through what he promised. What he promised was quite exciting and quite, do I believe it? Oh, wait a minute, he's coming through. It's pretty exciting. Um, Yet, on the other hand, he's now become what he didn't like, which is a politician. And by the way, here's a little joke. A politician passed a lie detector test. The polygraph expert examined it and asked, is this a joke? (laughs) (laughs) I yield. <laughs> and you got the last minute uh, for to close things out, uh, well, Christine. Go ahead and thank you. I want to thank him for pointing out Article Four, Section Two. That is a part of you, your 
constitutional birthright lineage. It means that no one can take a job from you. You can bump anybody off a job. We get all the prison immunities, and that's what we've got to get back to. Thank you for pointing that out. Well, thank you very much, uh, Christine. And, of course, we will you know, definitely get you on again. And, and we definitely have uh, some different topics that uh, we want to have you back on and that you brought up tonight, Kelly. And so appreciate it. And uh, I'm hoping next week we can have uh, uh, City Councilwoman Amy Murray coming on because uh, the the mayor of Cincinnati uh, just announced this week. Uh, now, they've been kind of practicing it for the past second year, uh, two years, but they, they really haven't, uh, you know, made any kind of announcement, they, anything except a couple of days ago that they uh, are jumping on the bandwagon of being a sanctuary city and thinking that the federal government cannot do about it. Now, I've got mixed thoughts on that because I do believe in states' rights and localities' rights and things of that nature uh, without the infringement of the federal government. So I definitely have uh, mixed thoughts on that. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll that'll be for the discussion for that night. But I do need to close tonight out, as I do every night. That's controlled by Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2 and 3. The the United Uh, States government still controls it. That's controlled by those two clauses. And and I will have to... Don't forget now. Don't forget. (laughs) And I appreciate that, Christine, but I do have to close things out. And I will... They have to pay for that. Christine, I I got to do my closing. I appreciate it. And we'll... Definitely, we've got that to the show. I apologize. We definitely have to close it out. Uh, we are going to close it out as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So we'll see you next week, folks. Uh, take care and good night. Okay, good night. 